Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 178. We're back to talk about more wrestling. I think I sound a little bit more normal than last week. I was just listening back. I told you to 177 banter to see if there's anything I can bring up to banter here. Mm -hmm. And my voice did not sound very good last week. No, it did not. It did not. But uh, I'm feeling mostly better, I think. Completely better. Whatever. I've been out and about in the world and didn't miss any work. So survived. So when I was listening to the banter from last week, we were talking about you were about to go on an adventure to a very large mall about an hour from us. One that should probably have three floors and has one. Right. It's sprawling is the word, right? It's like you could, it's a big loop. So it's funny because when I was down. I like it, but at the same time, it's like, come on. When I was down in Mike's garage, what was that last night? Watching hockey. Um, How very Canadian of me, right? Mm. Uh, We were talking, what were we just, oh, we were talking about Vaughn Mills. That's the mall you went to. And your mother and I went when you were a baby because then we started betting on what year the mall opened, obviously, because we were like. We took you on the very first family day. Sorry, that's what we were betting on. Very first family day, which is a long weekend in February here. Um, we went to that mall, and it was probably the busiest thing I've ever seen in my life. I will. I remember going there uh, with mom Boxing Day 2019. That was probably the, one of the busiest things I've been because we didn't even park in the parking lot. We had to park like correct and parking lot across from the mall, and then. All for a Lego set, you know. So I had to drive around for a better part of an hour to get parking. I dropped your mother off with you. And so we were betting on what year Vaughn Mills opened. And the reason I got it right is because I remembered it being the big stroller that you were in because I knew we had a baby with us. So I figured you would have been about a year, right? So I said 2008. And that's when it was the first, that was the first ever family day long weekend here. Vaughn Mills is about as old as all the 08s at our school. And that good old uh, long weekend is always on my birthday, right? So that's pretty amazing. And usually all star weekend for NBA. Usually Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber was on your birthday once. Yeah. So starting with your trip to the mall, what did you, you picked up a few things. I got two figures in a Funko Pop. I got um, a couple of black series like the Star Wars figures. I got. Star Killer from the Force Unleashed, those games. The games you love. Also from 2008. Right. Oh, nice. It's a good year. Um, yeah. Uh, and Force Unleashed 2, which I think was like 2010 or something. But those games are really fun. Um, so I got that. It's um, He's the same guy who voices Darth Maul in the animated right. stuff. So he's one of my favorite guys, honestly. A voice actor I'd put up against normal actors because he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being Sam Witwer. But then I also got um my boy Marok from Ahsoka, the guy who... Looked so cool and yet amounted to dust. Didn't do a whole lot, but no, had a good he, look. He looked really cool, yeah. So I got a black series of him, and then I also got a Funko Pop of him because right. they had that there too. They didn't have, um, I was hoping they'd have some funk, these Funko Pop two packs at GameStop, but they didn't have it. And then um, they, Toys R Us had some nice, they had that nice Phoenix figure. Right. But I didn't get that because I'm smart. And <laughs> wouldn't I wouldn't go that su- far. I sussed <clears throat> you out. Maybe. Um, well, I'm not foolish. Um, but then GameStop didn't really have any, uh, and then Lego Store. I just decided to be smarter than that. Yeah, and, and then, then Taco Bell too. Yeah, hit some Taco Bell before going to a two-hour movie is always a dangerous. Yeah, I actually did pay off because I ended up really needing to go to the washroom, and <laughs> I also course. wanted to go to the washroom because so, I just wanted to go. So away. before we get to that, you Ubered over to the movie theater. The movie How theater. was the Uber experience? I haven't talked to you. Flawless, super, super seamless. Clean. Yeah, it was fine. So they picked you up, what, outside of, like, Toys R Us? No, outside of the entrance that me, Mom, and Nate came and in. And then, like, so... Like, it's, like, Calvin Klein, then just, it was, like, I think, cut across the highway, and then... You had a description of the vehicle, and you just went up, and they go... Yeah, yeah spaceship theater. Yeah, that's this theater that looks like a space shuttle, like a spaceship, not a shuttle. Yeah, like a UFO kind yeah. of thing. 
so then you went and saw the movie you were marvels so when i was going back and listening to the banter last week you were not wanting to see it thought it would be terrible don't think i've ever wanted to see a movie last but it's just what you and your friends do is you go and see them oh the day before me and husband saying we actively did not want to do it so now your review now that you've seen it i would have seen the hunger games a third time um it's genuinely did you even mention what movie it was the marvels okay go ahead Uh, it's genuinely one of the worst movies i think i've ever seen in my entire life yeah uh it's it was a complete waste of time it's just it's so bad from top to bottom the plot is bland and boring the villain is so forgettable she's brutal <laughs> yeah um like she's just so generic and really lacks anything like there's a bit of history but like they just kind of make it up i feel like so it's nothing mentioned and then the three heroes i hate them all captain marvel is played by brie larson who i didn't like her first movie um, yeah i thought that was really bad this managed to be worse i know you don't not a um, fan of her work miss marvel she had a show the other year which i didn't watch because it looked horrible and mm-hmm. i haven't heard good things about it she was worse than this i've heard and then um photon from wandavision who which i also hated so you did i like miss marvel is probably something i should have watched before this movie and i didn't and i could not have cared less yeah um i walked out of this movie two times wow um one time to go to the washroom but believe me i was eating to go to the washroom like i i (laughs) wanted to go i wanted to get out and then the second time there's this one part where it's not really a spoiler they go to this planet and they can only communicate through song. So they proceed to oh break boy. out into song. And not a fan I'm, of that either. I'm sitting next to my friend Nathan. He's just like the most dead face you've ever seen. Like he's just like like it's generally the most WTF face I've ever seen. Yeah. Like he's just he was. <laughs> Nene baffled. Happy. He's I can't even do the face, but like he's just so dead. And I was honest, I was half laughing about how bad it was when they were singing, but then I just keep looking at him and I'm dying. Like, and then Brie Larson started to sing. And so I just, I left laughing. I think a couple of my friends and his, one of my friends, girlfriend, they walked did a lap of the theater cause they didn't want to be there. Like so, this, we went out like in, you know, me usually if I'm in a movie, I want to see yep, all of it. Like I think when I went to black Panther two last year, I really had to go to watch them cause I just felt kind of sick and I didn't like missing part of it. But like this, I, you were like I looking for an out. escape. Yeah. I don't know if I ever want to watch this ever again. Cause usually I like to watch them when they get on Disney plus, but right. I think Dr. Strange two and ant-man 3 i ha- i haven't rewatched. so would you this, say i would not rewatch at all would you say like objectively bad or i think it's objectively horrible like even for somebody who's not into the universe like is it bad because you guys know the universe so well i think that makes it worse i think but it's, it's still bad, a bad no movie what. just because the plot it just there's not a lot of stakes i think the third act really they got this really dumb thing where like so the villains got this bracelet thing mm-hmm. and it's like got some powers or whatever but there's another one and it's missing but miss marvel has it which i right. i didn't see the show so i don't know don't really care but then so she's trying to find the villains trying to find them darben we call her darman have you ever seen the darman videos no okay and then that's not funny to you um but it's they're trying to get the other bracelet because this magical like whenever the three heroes use their powers at the same time they switch places wow um sounds and great power as, as someone who loves marvel that being you um Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll love the uh, genius of this plot. And as someone who can forgive a lot of things, because in the Loki show, he does this thing called time slipping. And it's like, it's super confusing. But I think that was actually made sense to me in a way. This just like, it was so dumb. And it was used. It, there was a couple cool action scenes, but I feel like a lot of the action was just kind of bad choreo as well. Yeah. And just, I don't know. It was so, so So dumb. you're saying regardless of genre, it's a, just a bad I film. I think it's objectively a bad movie. I would definitely 
rate as my least favorite movie in the MCU. And nice. That's watching that. Uh, you ever watch the Ed Norton Hulk movie? Because no. that movie's no. pretty bad. Nope. But this one, it's just it's genuinely horrible, and I want my time back. Yep. Um, I it genuinely ruined my day. I think. And I just. Like I remember, you remember how bitter I was with Doctor Strange. Too? Yes, you were mad. Uh, this one, I, just, I don't mad. think I was. I was just disgusted. I, this is probably my least favorite movie going experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have gladly seen the Hunger Games prequel a third time because that movie is great. It's probably one of my favorites. But this is just, oh, I could keep going, but it's horrible. Yeah. So while you were there, I went to the ugly Christmas sweater party down the street. That was. Probably a better use of your time. But my ugly sweater hadn't come in time, so I had sweater. to wear my Christmas vacation t-shirt. I don't know. We had fun. Tons of food. There was some people picking up guitars and drumming and whatnot, yeah. obviously, as tends to happen. All I can say is literally Listen. anything would be a better use of your time. Yeah, I had fun, so I'm yeah. sure it was better. Well, you were with your buddies, so that's fun at least. Yeah, sure. So we're battling through another week of work and school to yeah. get our two weeks off where we're hoping to catch a wrestling show or two. I'm going to scour the indies for toronto and, and see try to get that driver thing done yeah try and do that that'd be a good idea so I, i'm trying to go to season's beatings for gcw i think it's called yeah um hopefully we can get to that we'll talk about it i'm sure on here but i don't know that's a pretty chunky banter for us we should probably talk about some wrestling mm-hmm. so we'll do that now our first segment if you're a regular you know it's some of the week's wrestling news and rumors So just a quick look at the ratings for the two shows we focus on the most here. NXT averaged 678,000 viewers, up 8.3%, earned a 0.18 in the key demographic, which is down 5.3. So kind of interesting to be up. I would say eight's somewhat significant in one category, but then down in the other. So it is kind of notable this week there was really no main roster talent, right? It was pretty much fallout from deadline eased up on that yeah fallout from deadline and then because i think they're also getting into the breakout tournament right it takes up some space so instead of established main roster stars polar opposite (laughs) exactly you get four people you've barely or never heard of in really short matches but anyways that's what happened there so dynamite this week averaged eight hundred forty-five thousand viewers which is up slightly 2.7 percent and then up huge in the key demographic to 0.30, which is up 20%. So that's a pretty big increase from last week. It's the second highest demo rating going back to September 20th. So not super far, but a good week for them. What you got? I thought it was rather slim this week. for uh, It was, but the main thing was um, Kenny Omega's out with injury once again. Got diagnosed with diverticulitis. Diverticulitis, which diverticulitis. Uh, Brock Lesnar, I believe. I th- tried to read it it kind of grossed me out yeah it sounds not it's not great good it is not so hopefully i'm assuming whatever had him out before is kind of caught up to him again which is a shame yeah maybe or maybe just got dropped on his head too many times because he tends to do that could be that so hopefully whatever he's it's a speedy recovery um somebody else uh in a little bit of trouble in the wrestling world Liv morgan was arrested and had a mugshot released to the public obviously the public loves that stuff Possession of marijuana under not more than 20 grams, uh, paraphernalia as well. And then, according to the police report, the car smelled of marijuana. So I don't know. In some states, it's now legal, right? Depending how you're transporting it and how much, but not the car smelling of weed is always a bad look and going to be a problem Mm -hmm. in any state, right? Because there's the Mm -hmm. implication of driving under the influence, possibly, or whatever. So we'll see what happens from that. 
in any ways. So there you go, everybody. There's a mugshot of Liv Morgan for all you people. Have you seen yeah, it? I have. I not. have. Yes. Yeah. I'll uh, probably find it. But um, a weird weird thing I saw from New Japan was I think next year is um, where is it? I Sorry. don't know. There it is. Um, the formation of you. What is? It? Oh yeah, you were telling me this. Uh, where is it? Can I be like United this? Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh-huh. Um, so I think it's New Japan, uh, All Japan, Noah, DDT, Gambare or something, uh, something else, Dragon Gate, Stardom, and Tokyo Women Pro. So it's like Pro. Forbidden Door to the extreme. I think everybody. It, it in sounds Japan. like um, NWA Japan. Yeah. Yeah, if it's a regular thing. Um, I don't know. So they're doing it uh, on May 6th. There's a joint show. Uh, I don't know if it's like a permanent organization or if it's just like a working relationship mm-hmm. with everyone, but I don't know. It's interesting. I haven't seen it like reported anywhere. I just legit, legit saw it on their yeah. Instagram. So I don't know. It's something it's interesting. Yeah. To see if maybe it's just a couple show huge shows or if there's frequent back and forths or whatever. Interesting. Uh, WWE. We talked about this. You told me and I forgot, I guess. Debuted a new concept on Friday. Smackdown tapings. It will be called WWE Speed. You want to color in the details on this since you were the one who told me? I think it was what? They they did it like as dark matches. It was five-minute matches. Correct. With Was it multiple falls? Uh, it... No. Five-minute time limit. Winner points. receives one point. Loser is deducted a point. And if it goes to a time limit draw, nobody gets anything. So, thoughts on this? I don't get it. So, uh, initially, I was like, oh, man, that's awful. Five-minute matches. Like, that's basically what we get a lot on NXT or to some degree. But when you see that the first match was Axiom and Cedric Alexander. I think there's another one with Bronson Reed and someone. Bronson Reed and Fraser. So, if those types of people come out and just go, like, full speed ahead for five minutes, I mean, it could be okay. Yeah. five minutes seems Did really you say short. Did some social thing, though? That's what their plan was, it, or something. It like was that? Po- it, that makes sense to me. They said, um, "Yeah, one of the I didn't make note of it, but that it might be like a on on social thing that they put on YouTube or whatever they sense, yeah. whatever they do." But so a new concept. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Dep- it would really depend on the people they put in it and how they let them work. I guess not to be too nerdy, but mm-hmm. that's what we do here. Um, last one I have because it's a boring week is that CM Punk declared for the Royal Rumble and reportedly Great. does not change plans for the winner, but I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm hoping it's Cody, which is a weird thing to say, but it sh- should be it probably. Should be Cody. Gotta tell, finish the story, as they say. Yeah. I think I just came up with a new catchphrase for him. Yeah, yeah, brand new. Um, an injury and a signing to go over. Charlotte Flair apparently out of action. Nine months, they're saying, due to a knee injury suffered while facing Osaka on SmackDown. Hasn't been, like, fully confirmed. Nine months, they're saying, would be the recovery time from a torn ACL. So that's the speculation at this point. No. Yeah, so I don't don't like anyone getting hurt, but I don't mind not seeing Charlotte for nine months. Not that I really see her, but... She'll come back and win the title like she did last time. And then the signing was with TNA. Did you hear who it was? I've heard two. Who? Trent Seven and Kushida. Yes. So Kushida was the one I was talking about. That's what I thought. And he says, and I imagine it was a factor in his decision that his relationship with New Japan doesn't change. So he can still do stuff for them. And yeah, joins Trent Seven. And there's another name that I don't know. Leon Slater. Our recent Uh, additions. I think probably when they were doing UK stuff. And then PCO has re-signed. I think we reported that a bit Well, he's re-signed with Impact. 
Correct. So not TNA. So <laughs> they could release him. Just yeah. be like, change the locks and not let him in. Yeah. But anyway, I will talk about him in high spots and rest holds later. But that's not till later. For now, I think we need to revisit a pay-per-view that I watched, PLE, and you sort of watched. Uh... We'll quickly recap uh, last week's NXT deadline. Your reaction is pretty funny. That was your visceral reaction to, to, to NXT deadline there. You kind of forgot it existed, eh? Yep. No, I pushed it from my mind. So you watched some of it, not all of it. I watched all of it, as I tend to do. So we'll go through it. I have notes, but nothing crazy. So were you around when it started to see HBK and Punk? No, but I've caught bits of it. So they come out uh, into the ring to speak to the crowd, and they forget what they're supposed to say, and Punk admits it, and they basically say, my. so obviously my interpretation, I'm biased towards not enjoying CM Punk. Uh, I felt they wasted our time. They popped the crowd, and that's all they were there for anyway. So I guess that's kind of what they were supposed to do. You saw what Punk was wearing for this? Yeah, Bret Hart. A Bret Hart hoodie. Isn't he edgy? Isn't he just pushing the... So cool. Oh, yeah. Um, And it's like about which show will CM Punk join. I guess that's the storyline on main roster is which brand he's going to go with. Raw. Um, As if it matters. One iota, which, like... He'll be on either show whenever they want anyways. So it's a really like a non-story. If they really want, yeah. Um, so they, I don't know, they treated this like, we're super big stars. This is the third rate product and we don't need to remember our lines. We can just go out there and ad lib for a couple minutes and get the crowd to pop and leave. And that's... Yeah. No, that's, I hop out of it. I don't... That's all it was. I don't care. Uh, opening match was Dominic Mysterio taking on Dragon Lee. For the North American Championship, Dragon Lee replacing Wesley, who's out with serious back surgery coming up, right? He's going to be out a year, basically. Did you catch this match? I forget. No. You did not. You probably missed the best move. <laughs> well, one of the better ones on the show. So Rey Mysterio is on crutches, and he joins commentary. Really quick start with Dragon Lee in control uh, as Rey joins Vic and Booker. So we get a Dom DDT on the apron kind of misses and it sends lee straight to the floor kind of awkwardly and then dom takes control once they're back in the ring and things kind of slow down as they tend to when dom's in control he stays in control for several minutes hits the three amigos after um dragon lee sort of teases reversing the third but uh dom ends up hitting it ray tells dom to be original and innovative and stop stealing moves so he's kind of it's this constant dynamic where Dom's like looking at his dad right on commentary and then doing Eddie's moves and pointing to him and stuff. So uh, Lee finally turns the tide with a double stomp to Dom hanging from the turnbuckle onto the apron. And they barely beat the 10 count, both of them on that one. Dom ends up in a headstand in the corner, super kick, then a hesitation drop kick. Dragon Lee keeps control here. Double stomp to Dom this time into the ring for a near fall. Sudden Dom drop kick stops uh, Dragon Lee's run. Powerbomb counter is kind of botched by Dominic, but uh, he hits a powerbomb anyways for a two count. 619 avoided by Dragon Lee. He hits that float over sit out powerbomb for a two count. Then the Destino, which you were at work, so I texted you. Please tell me you've heard the name of Dragon Lee's finisher. Would you like to reveal? What was it? Operation Dragon? Operation Dragon. It's not even So creative, WWE. So subtle. The subtlety is just beautiful. Yeah. Right? Uh, so we have a new North American champion. I was a bit surprised. I thought it was a pretty good 10-minute opener. Again, uh, surprised by the outcome, so I always like that. Uh, I should have known better because 
Dominic Mysterio came out alone, right? And no Judgment Day showed up. So that's, the story is kind of like Dom can only win through shenanigans, right? Because he's not really that good. Or at least that's my interpretation of the story. So without anyone to help him, he loses. And I thought things were setting up for Wesley to win. But then when Dragon was replaced, I, I wasn't sure. I thought they might just leave it on Dom and then build somebody else. But uh, the match was good, not great. Gave the crowd something to be happy about to start the show because they hate Dom, right? And Dragon Lee they like. So mm -hmm. I gave it three and a quarter stars. Um, so what do you think happens with the North American title now? Because this is a main rock. Like... He's been on at least, I think, right? He was on with Tyler Bate. Yeah, so he's, yeah, he's, we'll get to it again later, but he is doing an open challenge thing. So yeah. it, it sounds like, but. Maybe he'll stick around for a bit. Or is know. that open challenge everywhere? It could be. I guess like, it could be, right? Yeah, it's kind of tricky, which I would have just kept it on Dom if he's going to go back to That's what officer. I kind of thought. And if you're, if he's a transitional champion, I don't know who that's to. You don't really have anyone set up that would need to be a heel kind of as well. No, and you could transition. Heel Mellow again. Let's go. Yeah, you could transition it to Trick, but remember he just had like a three-day run for no yeah. reason. So mm -hmm. I, don't I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Uh, then there's just a super long Gunther Imperium, vi Imperium vignette. And I don't, again, we've talked about it before, right? These giant segments for people or factions that have nothing to do with the it's PLE just to the time like, or kind of like the quote-unquote company even it's NXT it's a I don't know it's, to me it's a separate thing still um so it annoyed me then we get you did watch this oh you watched the good parts of this the Iron Survivor challenge match for the women which is Tiffany Stratton Lash Legend Blair Davenport Kalani Jordan Fallon Henley now for people who don't watch this or read about it and I think we have some listeners in that boat just to remind you, the Iron Survivor Challenge is a 25-minute match featuring five wrestlers. Two start the match every five minutes. Another one enters with the fifth and final participant obviously coming in at the 15-minute mark. The objective is to score the most points by before the time expires. You get a point for a pinfall submission or being the victim of a DQ. If you get pinned, submitted, or DQ'd, you go into a penalty box for 90 seconds. And the wrestler with the most Although points kind of like, wins. Don't they sometimes start the count before you even get in the box? So That's kinda... one detail I try not to focus on because I think they struggle with consistency in that way when you start the 90 seconds, right? Yeah. Um, so you weren't, I know you started watching when the last person came in. So this might be fresh to you until we get to that point, And then you'll remember, I think. So it's Fallon Henley and Blair Davenport. I'm getting faster at retrieving her first name practice nice. you're catching yourself they grapple and trade pin attempts for the first couple minutes then a couple davenport kicks give her control henley hits that sliding right hand thing where she goes out of the ring to stop davenport just ahead of the third woman entering the match and that third woman is tiffany stratton she heads down the ramp henley leaves the ring to get to her but davenport blindsides henley and the heels team up to control her henley eventually catches fire for a moment gets flattened by a stratton clothesline each heel applies an arm breaker and the double team continues. Stratton hits her tumbling back elbow a little bit later to both women stacked in the corner. She hit a pretty cool Alabama slam, but uh, Davenport throws Stratton out of the ring and steals the pinfall to get the first point. Uh, and Henley goes into the penalty box for about 90 seconds, about give or take. Kalani Jordan comes out next. She starts out on fire against Stratton and Davenport. Split-legged moonsault to Davenport per, for two. Stratton catches a Jordan cross body attempt, dumps her onto the floor, uh, onto Davenport on the outside, just as Henley's getting out of the penalty box to take control of Stratton. Eventual shining wizard, Henley scores a fall as Stratton heads to the penalty box now. 
So Jordan and Henley then face each other for a while, and things kind of slow down. There's a lengthy. Did you actually, talk about the moonsault yet? Two lengthy arm bars. No, I haven't okay. gotten there. Um, Except now I remember that. To slow things down. Stratton gets out of the box as Davenport recovers, so all four women are finally involved here. They battle, and remember this part, because it's just where you came in. They start climbing the ropes in the corner awkwardly. It's three of them, and then the fourth one comes over. So just as Lash Legend makes her entrance as the final person, right? They're all just sort of jockeying for position on the top. Yeah, yeah. And I think she was supposed to maybe take all four of them down at once, but it ends up going in two installments, right? She power bombs the first two and then double suplexes the next two uh, of the four that were set up in the corner there. Chokeslam, bomb, and she stacks Stratton and Henley and pins them both and gets two points. Is that how that works? I guess it's two. You're pinning two people. I guess. But is Henley not the one pinning Stratton? Not if her shoulders are on the mat. I guess. I guess. They kind of were, I guess. It looked okay. Anyways, then we get um, Kalani Jordan, Hurricane Rana off the top, finally stops Lash. Jordan goes for a springboard moonsault to Lash on the floor. That's the one, remember? Yeah, she like goes over her and then just whacks into the announce table. Like she did it to the, the side in front of the announce table and she barely touches Lash but drives her own back because there was no room for her to land, right? So just immediately into the announce table looked really hard. And Vic Joseph almost curses, right, on live. Yeah. Because it clearly wasn't supposed to happen like that. Davenport then attacks Jordan from behind, clears off the announce table as metaphor block the penalty box doors, right? I thought that was a cute touch for them to sort of get involved. Yeah, that was Just cool. blocking the doors. Uh, so Stratton and Henley climb to the top of the box because the doors are blocked. Stratton shoves Henley off the box and through the announce table. Stratton then hits a swanton off the box onto other people. Lash splashes people for two counts, catches a Rana attempt from Jordan, and then swings her into other people I thought looked pretty cool. Stratton hits a double foot stomp on Lash and a double one on Jordan as well. Henley breaks up the pinfalls. Uh, Blair Davenport jumps off the top with a double foot stomp onto Jordan's back. Blair pins Jordan for uh, Davenport's second point at this point, as she and Lash are now tied with Henley having only one point. So it's Davenport and Lash with two, Henley with one at this point. Then things get crazy. Stratton hits the prettiest moonsault ever to Lash, pins her. So Stratton now has a point as well. I must say the 450 by Kalani Jordan was pretty nice. Eh? That was pretty solid. Yeah. For a near fall, things are getting frantic now for pinfalls, which I kind of like about this type of match. I don't even remember. I just uh, It depends how they do it, though. True. True. I do have submission tower question mark. Do you remember what that was? Not, not at all. <laughs> Clearly, it was multiple people in some sort of yeah, but cascading I, I'm having submission. trouble even picturing Me that. too. Scary German off the top by Davenport to Jordan. I remember that. It's where she kind of runs over and hits it suddenly. Then a Davenport knee to the face. She pins Jordan to take the lead. Davenport avoids Lash Legend for the final few seconds to protect her lead. And it is Blair Davenport who wins. After the match, she gets a mic, says that the clock is ticking and she'll see Lyra Valkyria at New Year's Evil. Lyra shows up by the entrance, holds up the title, and who returns, Jack? Uh, your favorite. Cora Jade is back. She attacks <laughs> Lyra with a running forearm to the back, and then Cora holds up the title here. Um, so I thought this match was nothing special until everyone got involved. So right when you started watching it, I thought that's when it got good. Um, I quite enjoyed it from that point on, and there were... Some things that were really contrived, right? Like Lash's entrance and a couple yeah. other things. Um, some things didn't go perfectly, but I think they tried to do a lot. And 
this is the best presentation of Lash, I think. Yeah, for the sure. The turning point for her is body slamming Otis. That was I honestly really cool. think that's the big turning point because they've they're now leaning into like she's a powerhouse. And before they tried yeah, to do huge. like she's this talk chatty like athlete, right? But now it's like her biggest asset is that she is big and strong mm-hmm. and they're leaning into that and she looked really good here. Um she wasn't asked to do too much, but what she was asked to was just like hit power spots and she did. Uh I thought it was a nice mix of like capable performers like I think Stratton and Henley are good and then like young ones like Jordan or inexperienced ones and Lash. A solid match. I thought an entertaining final 10 minutes or so. I gave it three and a half stars. I know you only saw half. Did you like what you saw? It was all right. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it was better than the men's. I, the men's might have been better. I don't know. The I like the men's, bet. I think, better, but the finish hurt it for me. The finish was, de- this, this a little finish bit. was definitely bad. Yeah. Uh, and how are you feeling about the these types of matches? I, I like them. I like lie. them. It just it really depends on who's in it. Yeah. I think last year was better given who they had, but I think this year just suffered from not great fields either way i like knowing it's 25 minutes yeah i like that it's multi-person i like that it gets frantic Mm -hmm. near the end right you have all it opens up all kinds of creative options i think especially with the men because they could have picked a lot of stronger people yeah i was a little nervous about the whole penalty box thing but it doesn't really bother me it sounds cheesy right but it makes sense you're trying to avoid being pinned yeah right so um instead of just like you can just get your pin back kind of easier it's like it adds another thing to it. I like it. It's um, not like... I think the penalty box and the... What is it? King of the Mountains all right, but just the rest of the match is stupid. Yes. No, I, I'm enjoying these irons. I think they... Somebody I was listening to was like, they want them to be put into the WWE games as a match I would type. like it uh, playable, yeah, for sure. Uh, then we get another inconsequential main roster video. This one was Bobby Lashley's like entire life, basically. I don't know if you saw it, but... Maybe because they did tribute to the troops the night before, I guess. Could be. I don't know. But another one of these, they are minuses for me. They, I just want the show to keep rolling, and it, there's, like, these big, glossy main roster, like, three to five minute things I, I don't really don't get the point. in between. Then we move into a singles match here. It's Lexus King, and you watched this, so I'm interested. Did I you? I don't think so, no. Oh, really? Lexus King versus Carmelo Hayes. I saw Melo's gear, which was nice, in the green and white. Yeah. And King has braided his hair to like the first half of it, if that makes sense. And because he was pointing it his out to Mello at the beginning. His entire hair look is highly questionable. So it's not, it's kind of reminiscent of like when the Bucks were doing crazy stuff. But that so, felt like knowingly stupid though. So I, I'll talk about it. I don't like Lexus King, but that part of him bothers me the least because I think that's like, fine if he's a, if he's I'd, an effective heel it'd be hilarious i problem is the rest of it it's not working i don't think it's the same because i think it looks ridiculous it's like the 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 straight cut beard or like the really clean cut beard it looks like not intentional like that he chose to do but that if you know you're an mean? over heel that's part of the package but it's not i don't think it's like the, but the box i feel like it was them doing it to be heels and yeah. that's why i liked about it because you just you think, can tell that they're doing it to piss you, you off you just think that heel or face there's a chance lexus king looks like this yes i think yeah, this I is think like that's fair i'm not i saying feel like this is him just doing that i feel like because with nick jackson 
especially like i hated it but i i loved it because like when they did like the pink handlebar mustaches that was stupid and we like, got to week to week watch the evolution of it too well, yeah because whereas king change. just showed up with a he just does this sharpie right? that's on what beard. i'm saying like he just <laughs> yeah. does this every week yeah. the buffs would like they would have beards one week they'd have handlebar mustaches the next week they would j- shave the the mustaches right. off completely or they have they'd have them pink they'd have it like dyed nick jackson's hair is like this off color brown mm-hmm. like it that that was care into it you know and they had like the gear with the nice diors or yeah. whatever that's healing it up lexus king just looks stupid i just think if i liked the entire package i would have no problem with those details i feel like but if i'm not like that i would have less of a problem with i'm it, rejecting the package at this point he, he sucks and he looks ridiculous so things start really slowly as king is trying to avoid haze healing it up that's not a big deal king chops the ring post hard so mellow targets the hand a little bit um Hayes gets pushed to the floor hit with a diving king drop kick and run into the steps and then king stays in control for a bit once they're back in the ring two consecutive backbreakers as king continues to slowly dominate Hayes here king offers a handshake so uh kind of strange Hayes shakes the hand with one and then gives him the finger with the other and then they start to slug it out both up top they topple to the floor mellow hit the apron hard on his hip on the way down there but i seem to be okay Hayes starts to roll now, hits a series of clothesline, and including the springboard one. Does it have a name? I always forget. What? His, like, springboard clothesline. No, he no, just does just, it really well. He does. Um, blocked suplexes lead to a King Jackhammer. King, quote, doesn't get all of a third backbreaker. Uh, commentary pointed out. Mello immediately hits a codebreaker uh, before King is even back up on his feet. And then nothing but net all of a sudden, and Mello wins. As Hayes walks up the ramp, King is lying on the mat with a microphone. And because he's so honest, we just have to believe him. As he tells us, he did not attack Trick Williams, but thanks for the spotlight. So, proof. Nothing special about this. Not one of Hayes' stronger matches. Like, it, it's like Lexus King's a bit of an anchor for him here. I, the most I don't know, memorable man. thing for me, as someone who didn't watch, is that Mellow wore green for, I think, the first time. Because I already made him a green gear, a Money in the Bank one, and I think I nailed it um good for you mine was better because i did like a little briefcase on the side like yeah it was better lexus king was in control for a lot of this and his offense is just slow and i would call it ordinary to be honest and i think we thought pillman was decent didn't you have a match with mjf on the first grand slam i was all right as part of a tag team and not having to do everything i thought he was okay but this was okay i think pretty much we're okay enough everything in nxt has been a miss with him for me Mello didn't show a ton of and fire Mello here. Don't miss. Mello did his usual stuff, picked up the win. And I get like they're going for the like he manipulated himself into a spot on a PLE. But he looked He also lost clean in 11 minutes. And like what just cuz he says he didn't do it. That's that. Right. And we're now supposed to go, "Oh, even though you've been nothing but a devious awful heel." Liar. You, in the moment you're honest right now. Yeah, like I, I gave this 3 stars. I, I thought like it was below like, average. I don't really I don't know. We don't really want to mention him, but like the Velveteen Dream thing from 2017, like the thing with Black was he wanted the spotlight and wanted him to say his name, and like he ended up getting the spotlight. I even love though that he story. lost. Say my name. But that match was great, right? Yeah. And he looked good even though he lost. Lexus King just kind of lost, and then he's like, "Thanks for the spotlight." It right. doesn't really hit the same. It's kind of the same. It's not exactly the same, but it kind of reminds me. And of it that. carries on into I won't say it yet, but into this week's NXT episode where he manipulates a situation again. And it uh, benefits yeah. him, and it's really dumb. Which is, yeah, it doesn't... But anyways. Yeah. 
Um, we get a Nikita Lyons is back package. I'm sure she was kicking stuff or doing things. She tends to kick things At a lot. At least it's somewhat relevant. Right. I uh, guess. She has issues with Blair Davenport, obviously, because she is the one who took her out in the parking lot. So that's that. Uh, we get a Stax and Tony D segment that I didn't even summarize. And then Cora Jade talks to Kelly Kincaid, FKA. Oh my goodness. Quinn, something. Quinn McKay. No, 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 no. No. Um, yeah. Was it Quinn McKay? Pretty sure. Oh, that's what it was. I think so. Yeah, no, okay. Maybe. Uh, maybe so I'm Jade says she's back in a stack division and will have to wait until Tuesday to see what she does next. And she also got Great. to take pictures of CM Punk and she did. Roxanne Perez. She did. I saw someone point out Punk's only taking pictures with all the female recruits. It's <laughs> right. funny. Right. Trick Williams is in the locker room telling Carmelo Hayes that he owed him an apology. Said he should have never let Lexus King get in between them. Mello says it's all good, and Trick says tonight is his night. So the story continues, and it's kind of like Mello is back to being the most likely suspect, and I'll talk about more of this on the episode of NXT this week because the same kind of routine continues um, on the show. Then we get the men's Iron Survivor match. You did watch this because this did. is when you wanted to watch. So same rules as the women. Won't go over them again. It's Jack, Josh Briggs, Trick Williams, Tyler Bate, Braun Breaker. We could have had Mel. Interesting mix. A little more all established people, other than Trick is kind of inexperienced. I would Josh consider. Josh Briggs isn't super But he's been wrestling forever. In NXT, though, he hasn't no, really done anything. But it's not like Kalani Jordan and Lash Legend. That's true. That's, That's true. all I'm saying, right? Everybody has. It could have been Thorpe, right? So I guess there's that. Trick's probably the least experienced in there, I would suggest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, Dijak and Briggs start in this one. So big guys battling. Until uh, Hurricane Rana by Briggs. A little bit surprising for us. Yeah, that was decent. And Briggs stays in control for a few minutes until Dijak reverses a suplex. Release suplex choke bomb by Dijak for a near fall. His discus boot attempt is met with a pretty nice boot from Briggs. Dijak hits the feast your eyes and pins Briggs as Bate enters third and Briggs heads to the penalty box. Bate starts out on fire, including an exploder sending Dijak into the corner. Bate gets Dijak in an airplane spin. But Briggs returns and boots Bate before a huge clothesline turns Dijak inside out and allows Briggs to get the pinfall. He's now, I was telling you, using like a clothesline from hell. He like adjusts his elbows strap thing and then he needs a, a new pre- stick. It looks pretty good. I feel like he could be decent in the ring, but the whole country brawler thing with Jensen's really lame. Like when he's doing his energy, he's like doing this thing. <laughs> I know. They do that. That's their handshake now, too. It's so like they just need. Something better because it's feels it's it was introduced in 2.0. And it's just, yeah, it feels I think like he's a pretty good big man. Yeah, he's a fine big man, but just the gimmick's so shallow, it's it just, is it's not good. Uh, Briggs then runs bait into the penalty box. Bait hits a Tyler driver 78 or sorry, 97 a little later to Briggs, but Dijak returns. He stole Brian Keith's move just in time to break up the pinfall. That's right. Dijak goes for the feast your eyes on bait, but bait counters with a roll up that AKA catches the, Dijak. The go to hell. Di- I like that better. Dijak levels Bait with a forearm. Bait falls onto Briggs for a two count as the ref tries to get Dijak to get into the penalty box. Bait has Briggs in a sleeper as Trick comes out next. Trick with kicks for everyone. Contrived monkey flip spot into the corner. Don't remember the details. Nope. Apparently I thought it was contrived. (laughs) Awkward double neck breaker by Trick. That I remember. That I didn't really like. He did not catch a lot of one of them, I think. Uh, I don't know which one. Trick jumps off of Briggs' back and hits an anti-air clothesline to Dijak. That was kind of cool. Airplane spin exchange, and I just have Bates' way better. Who did he exchange with? 
Um, but his final one was amazing. I have no idea. Bait with his rebound clothesline and a Tyler driver to trick for a pinfall. And now Bait leads with two points. Briggs and Dijak each have one. Braun with a nasty spear to Briggs. A spear-a-thon when he came in. Uh, oh, then Bait. I'm like, who's Nate? It's got to be Bait. For two quick near falls. Anti-air spear to Dijak. No, and didn't he, pin, he pinned he, both of them. Uh, yeah, and Braun. Sorry, for two quick falls, not near falls. Yeah. And then an anti-air air one to Dijak and pins him. So he picks up three points in like the most 40 seconds. Yeah, it looked pretty convincing. He just spear, 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 pin, pin, pin. Makes sense for Braun. Uh, Braun and Trick then face off. Huge running clothesline by Braun and then a Steiner recliner. We get people brawling in the penalty box that we can barely see um, just because they got all eliminated basically at once, right? Trick off the top onto everyone on the floor. Discus boot by Dijak. He pins Trick for his second point. So we get a Braun Frankensteiner into a bait Tyler driver. Remember well, that? Was it an avalanche Frankensteiner? It was super Frankensteiner. <laughs> right. Um, it wasn't perfect, but it's a pretty ambitious spot, and they, it ended up like I'd liked it. It's just one of those where Bait doesn't look like he's put adding a ton of not force. much, but it it's more like he's benefiting from it. Kinda. Yeah, it, it that's but, true. And so right I guess into, it works in that aspect. If it was a tag move, maybe I'd question it more. I feel like that this at least he's benefiting from it because he turned it directly into a pinfall and earned a third point there. Exactly. So now Bait and Braun are tied. Braun, I don't know if he's done this before, hits the follow-away moonsault slam to bait. I don't think so, Looked but it was nice. pretty cool. Hangman's is my favorite, but this was nice. Braun is good, man. Uh, Briggs and Dijak work together to take out the other three. They hit stereo moonsaults, right, and earn pinfalls. Briggs didn't hit it completely, but it, I still, I still admire the one. effort. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, showing a bit new stuff here. Well, didn't he beat Mel with that too, I think? right? Did he? I'm pretty sure. Dijak is tied with bait and breaker now. Uh, Briggs with a nice clothesline to Briggs bait on the floor. Two and Trick has zero. What's he going to do? Trick has zero. What uh, do? And then throws him off the ropes. Briggs and Dijak take each other out with a boot, and everybody's down with under three minutes left. This is when Trick comes back in, but Braun spears him through the barricade. Dijak chokeslams choke Braun through the announce table. Trick rolls up Briggs for a fall. Dijak hits the feast your eyes, but here comes Eddie Thorpe, because... They're still feuding. I guess, I guess so. Uh, the he pulls the ref out. A confluence of my notes. A confluence of events allows Trick to get four pinfalls in the final ninety seconds or so to win the match. So th like three I, roll ups, and then he hits his knee on Breaker, which it doesn't. He doesn't have a good knee. Like I just saw a compilation of someone posting Buddy Murphy's knee strikes. Yeah, and they look amazing. They do. Buddy Murphy's knees are incredible. V triggers are amazing, and Takeshita might have my favorite knee in the business right now. Um. Trick Williams is so far off from any of them. It's like his, it looks like it's barely grazing them each time. Yeah. Like when you beat Dom with it, I was questioning it. Um, It was questionable here too. Yes, it's like a WWE version. It's, it's probably safer. It's honestly worse because people want this Rollins, but Rollins has a decent knee sometimes. Uh, So I had that Thorpe kicked Dijak into Trick who got a roll up. Bait got a twisting splash on Trick, but Trick came back with a jackknife pin on Bait. Braun and Trick. Braun charged at Trick, hit a running knee on Braun for the pinfall win. That's, I think. Yeah, and Trick miraculously gets the win. I thought it was a really good match, better than the women's, which I liked as well. I thought well. it was strong. There were some good sequences. I really like Breaker coming in. I think he was the highlight probably for me. Yeah, he is an explosive athlete, man. I don't like that Trick hits, what did he get? Four points? Four pins in like a minute. 
after competing for 20 plus minutes it's just kind of well and like that's to me, not the point of this match i think getting a roll up in this match makes sense because they're all tired and they're all competing or whatever but the fact that three of them works like in succession is a little far-fetched for me just because like roll-ups it's like you gotta get kind of lucky with one right yeah. and you gotta get it kind of deep and none of them look particularly like either so it just like if you did one, maybe that would be fine. And Braun like... had just done the three and forty second spot where, but he came in fresh and hit explosive moves. Yeah, he came in Trick... fresh and he hit his finisher. If Trick like he'd been thrown through the barricade, he'd been there's like... that. But even if just Trick just went on a rampage hitting his knee, which mm -hmm. I know it's not great, but at least it's his supposed finisher. Yeah. If he did that four times, it would be slightly more believable. Yeah, than but just like, roll up. Roll so in up. theory, a tired Trick beat everybody in the match because if you got four falls that means you beat everybody right? i thought trick was among the least impressive in this yeah which is the one they, they want to focus on right I th so i thought braun and bait looked terrific for different reasons dijak's always just a quality ad and briggs i thought came out of this looking like elevating himself a little bit right mm -hmm. something else on his like singles resume i thought he had a good showing um a lot of moving parts to these matches, right? I think it works. I enjoy the Iron Survive. I gave this one three and three quarters. I would agree with that, yeah. thought it was a good match. Uh, then we get Dragon Lee shown backstage getting nameplates on his North American title. Side play check. And Mysterio is handing him his new championship. Briggs was then shown walking backstage with Brooks and Jensen. Sorry, Brooks Jensen and Fallon Henley showing up to tell him he did great not heart as my notes say in the iron survivor challenge what does that even mean briggs is momentarily frustrated like but then he sort of apologizes and comes around they're approached by noam dar and metaphor i did like the way he comes in. he's like hello 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 <laughs> yeah, before he walks on the yeah. screen i just uh, like that you know he's coming in it's they just, said nice things thing. i can't remember but it ends up in a brawl and we're gonna get a match between them on nxt on tuesday and we noticed like why did miss jackson do nothing she, she's a like, wrestler yeah she's a, it's not like she doesn't wrestle she just I know stood she there wrestles. and went security security while the rest of them brawled yeah like you should have a numbers advantage you could they your both, heels yeah like there's no reason it, to it's not like she, like she weird. wrestles like i know she wrestles strange I don't care detail she's, maybe it's just she sucks but yeah. like still she she's capable of doing things so you were there for that did you stay for the steel cage match I think so. I think you did. I'm pretty sure I did. I can't wait to talk about this. Catch. I honestly don't remember a whole lot. Uh, hopefully my notes will trigger some memories for you. This is where my first note, this is where commentary really start to annoy me. Continues well into the main event as well. They are so focused on repeating the like points from the storyline leading up to this that it, they hardly call any moves for like several minutes at a That's time. I was writing in my best Just job. repeat themselves. Excalibur is our alternative because he's the guy calling everything. Yes, this was like the match may as well have not been happening. It was like they were recapping the feud over and over and over and it drives me crazy. They also remind us many times, because it may play into this, that escaping the cage does not win the match, right? Getting out of this cage doesn't matter only pinfalls and submissions which is already weird because that's what wwe usually does right it's but it's weird later they run uh each other into the cage i don't have a lot of notes on this one they run each other into the cage a bunch of times they climb to the top remember roxanne just sits there it was the most anticlimactic so yeah. roxanne climbs up sits on the top of the cage and waits um james climbs up they punch each other a few times then they basically climb down and it culminates, remember, in a really soft-looking avalanche powerbomb. So really nothing Just happened off the cage. It, really. it was like an avalanche jack. Climb all the way up, climb halfway down, hit an avalanche powerbomb that yeah. looked mediocre at best. 
Uh, the crowd is dead. Shocking since commentary have worked so hard to convince us what a bitter feud this is. Um, two running power bombs into the cage, I thought was about the best part of this by yeah. Kiana James. I don't remember. And then Perez hits a sudden pop rocks that actually looked good too. That was tough. Uh, James says she's done. So the ref opens the door for her? Question mark. She's like, I'm done. And then they're like, okay. Shouldn't the door be locked if you can't escape? Like, I right. understand leaving it open if that's a method of winning, but it's not. They and, told you it's not. And a heel just says, I'm done. And the ref's like, okay. Oh, you oh, you want to stop? <laughs> open okay. it up. And then she does the thing, like, when it does matter if you escape, when your feet have to touch the floor. So she crawls out, remember, like, with her hands for some reason. Like, she's sliding out. Which doesn't make sense, but then I guess it's because she's not she's, like tired. She's like... reaching under the ring to grab a chair. But why was the door open? And then Perez pulls her back into the ring. Um, so Perez avoids the chair shot, and then goes to close the door. Isn't that the rest job? Even that though be the leaving doesn't win you the match. Well, like, so if she was trying to escape, <laughs> why so is she stupid. going to the door? And two, why do you why care? Why is she closing the? Yeah, right. Why do you care to close the door if it doesn't matter? And. Three, isn't that the ref's job? The ref should be closing the door. So as Perez is holding the door, she doesn't notice, I guess, that Izzy Dame is standing right there also holding the door. And Dame slams it on Perez. It did not look very impactful to me. It was chain mesh yeah. hitting you. Uh, and then James hits the deal breaker with the steel chair. Which looked kind of mid. And James wins after 11 minutes of, I put, like, one of the most sanitized cage matches you'll ever see. It was worse than the... Trish Becky one from Payback that we didn't love either. I put it on my list. I know. I I put it on the worst for a stipulation match with the cage and telling us how bitter this feud is. Although I only just remember them brawling all the time, and I don't really remember much other development. Which Perez also did with Davenport. So yeah, and I don't think the crowd connected with this at all or understood why this needed to be a cage match. Um, the action was basic. The use of the cage was like the opposite of innovative. Right? It was like I'll throw Mm -hmm. you in. I'll. The power bombs into it looked cool. Uh, other than that, it I don't know. There would and then again, like oh, some sort of spots coming. She climbed up to the very top of the cage. No. Oh nope, they climb back down and a weak move I out of the corner. Thought you could have done without the cage. And then I thought the finish was stupid, as we talked about, like leaving the cage and like closing well, if the cage door. It just door. said you can escape the cage. It would make more sense. Like that's all they needed to do, and it it still wouldn't be amazing, but it would be a lot better. And then like actually no, that would just fix it. It's literally just that. Add to that is Izzy Dame supposed to be a big thing because she lo- I liked her match, but she lost in the first round of the breakout. So is this I guess a big she's reveal? Like with Ke- she's she be is. a businesswoman because they released G or whatever her name was that Ooh. was the oh, right, business yeah. assistant. So I guess there's that. But like on if they had just said that you can escape the cage like they normally do, right. they this normally could do have made that, a whole lot more sense. It would be fine. So why, then, why did they go out of their way, right? To be like, doesn't yeah, matter if you leave. Then Perez climbing the top would make sense. Right. Then You're right. Kiana James could crawling out would all. make sense. Closing the door would yep. make sense. But it didn't not like they it's so dumb. I gave it two and a half stars. I thought it was really weak. And like I said, I immediately opened my best and worst of doc and, and half, added yeah. it. It added it in there. Yeah. Uh, then we go to the main event. Where I hope- think I, I don't think I paid attention to this one. A lot. I think you were there though, so you may. Have I was. Thoughts. You may have thoughts. It's Baron Corbin taking on Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship. Corbin sort of rides in on a motorcycle. Bit of riding, bit of uh, foot pushing it, bit of combination of both. And anyways, um, I've really liked the build to this. I think this is like could be peak Baron Corbin as this wealthy, comfortable like 
kind of badass Trick. almost, yeah. right? Like sta- getting right in Dragunov's face, and I- I'm enjoying Corbin. I mean, sometimes it's not the best in ring, but I think he's he's okay, and and we'll see. I'm just thinking about his character because I feel like he hasn't in a while. Yeah, because the one, king thing like. was boring, Constable is boring, and Lone Wolf is just a distant memory. And it's fitting perfectly because Dragunov. It's true, right? Like, Dragunov's left his family to come over and do this, and Corbin's yeah, just, just like... I just hope that they can pull this off with someone else. I feel like right. Dragunov really lends himself well yes, to feeding Corbin. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, it's, it'll just be... It's kind of because, like, Christian, he's got a similar kind of thing, yeah. but he can... He seems to be able to work it with anybody. He'll find a way, but Corbin, I, I mean, it'll... Like, we'll have to see if he can he, do he that. He needs to keep finding opponents where he can contrast his, like, lavish, cushy lifestyle with their Yeah, whatever. or something like that. Like, right? it could be yeah. Wesley coming back from injury in a year. Yeah. I know that's way off. But anyways, um, so Corbin's in control for a lot of this match, which I thought was an interesting choice. But I guess it's he's the NXT big man, right? So that's what's going to happen. Dragunov hits a German on the floor, but Corbin ends up dropping him on the announce table with a front suplex, right? And that was where the table didn't break, I think, and we preferred that. Yeah, that was cool, actually, yeah. Um, so Dragunov is now selling a rib injury for the remainder of this match. Lots of Corbin offense, including a DDT and a Uranagi and a gut buster. Avalanche chokeslam by Corbin. D- uh, Death Valley driver into the corner by Dragunov. And an eventual end of days for a Corbin near fall. Dragunov struggles to powerbomb Corbin due to his sore ribs. Remember that? But eventually he does get him up. Mm-hmm. Coast to coast by Dragunov. Three H-bombs and Torpedo Moscow. And the champ retains unsurprisingly after about 20 minutes. I thought this was pretty good. The final few minutes were the best for sure, where things kind of picked up. Crowd wasn't super involved. I think they also didn't think there was any chance Corbin was going to win this. So that hurts it a little bit. And again, commentary for me detracted from the overall presentation here with just constant references to the build for this match, which, uh, to be honest, might have been better than the match yeah, itself. Um, Corbin was in control for way too much for me. That is not a recipe for excitement. I think he's like solid and it, with the right people can be good, but I thought it was fine. Nothing special. Not what you would hope for a PLE main event. No, I gave it three. It didn't. It, it sucks because the last couple of PLEs we had Mellow and Dragon. Right, which so... were. I gave it three and a quarter. Like, it wasn't bad. I would probably agree with that from what I remember. Honestly, like, I didn't feel inclined to pay attention a lot. I liked so. both um, Iron Survivor matches better than the this. The few definitely called for Put a better way. match. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, two match show, as it turned out for me, that was the Iron Survivor Challenge matches were the best things there, with the men's, I thought, being slightly better. Which makes sense, because that's the attraction. Opener and the main event were fine, but nothing special. Mellow King and the women's cage match, I thought, were weak. And nothing anyone needs to rush out and watch, but a couple of entertaining matches if you're fine with the Survivor Challenge format, which I know not everyone is. I gave it a C plus. I didn't think it deserved a B range with a couple I thought pretty close to duds on there, and like Would a dud go, from is Carmelo. Is it to go on the worst of? Or I don't know. Uh, maybe. Because so far, hold on, I'll rhyme it off right now, even though it's... It, it didn't look good on paper and kind of lived up to we that. We just have right? Fastlane, SummerSlam, and Payback for main roster. Yeah, so, so we could talk about it. Yes, our best and worst of are in the works already. Where it's the reverse of last year where I was done and waiting, and now you've almost seemed to be done. I'm and definitely I haven't pretty solidly into it. Yeah, you know, you need to start. I will. Once, we're, once we have some time off, I'm going to hit it hard. Don't mm-hmm. worry. All right, uh, that's wrapping up our quick little deadline review, and we'll move back into our regularly scheduled stuff, which is our deep dive into this Wednesday's AEW Dynamite. So for me, even just looking at the slate of matches for this show, 
like the tournament matches plus there was one other Hangman non- Roddy. Right. So that's a looks but really strong on Riho and Ruby Soho. Well, yeah, other than that, right? So like I was kind of looking forward to this. It looked like it should be a very strong in-ring show that the the tournament has sort of been bringing us, right? So and mm-hmm. they I don't know if I'm spoiling it, but they're announced it's going to happen every year. So that's cool. That's good. Something to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, no, I would definitely love this again. I don't think year. everybody's loving it, but I'm uh, I don't us, know what's not to us love. Us being big in-ring guys, like I like this. I don't know what's not to love other than the wishy-washy stakes of the tournament but right even then again i'm starting to come like i'm starting to be at peace with that just because the tournament's really good and it's it is like something about it is big it's just it's not yeah it's just something about the titles but i think i'm coming to grips with that just because the tournament's been really good so i think anything is worth so i think also if they plan really well the tournament is so much of your programming that then you really can put all your energy into like a couple really good storylines. Which they've been doing with the devil right? and so, something else maybe. And it also helps you to get some people some exposure and build. Like I feel like Roosh and Brody King are gaining something from this Roosh, tournament. Roosh definitely especially because that's what we've been watching. I think he's definitely benefiting from this. Right? So I'm quite happy to hear it's going to be an annual thing. Yeah. I'm, I don't know what it'll be for. If it'll be next year like if it'll be just for a title shot or the triple crown yeah be back i'd up for say grabs. make it like your money in the bank whoever wins it gets a shot at whatever they want yeah that would, whenever that would they work. want until the next tournament yeah, that would work yeah that would work um so first we hear from samoa joe which yeah we is do not a bad way to start no um joe said he promised mjf he'd protect him until he, the world's end title match uh he said last week mjf was later in the back which could potentially take away his title opportunity which i really like because that's a good move if you're the devil you're Joe's whole goal is to protect him, and you yeah. got him away so that you could take out MJF. So I thought that was really smart. Um, he claimed he saw a beer nearby. Obviously, there was a bottle broken over MJF's head. Uh, that's during Cowboy Drinks, and uh, it turned out when he was looking for people, Hangman was missing. I was saying to you, I'm, I don't know if I've ever seen Hangman with like an actual beer bottle. Because I feel like in the times, at least that I can remember him drinking, like I think when he was outside the ambulance during the Blackpool feud, yeah. he had like a can or something. Remember? Because remember he had to throw it out because he was... I'm pretty sure in Stadium Stampede, he had he was drinking out of like a glass. The big, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a minor thing, but I don't know. I just like, I was like, I don't think he's ever actually drank out of a beer bottle. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's always drinking like the beers you Continuity. get. Continuity you get like at events or whatever where it's like in like a plastic cup or like a, a Coors Light or something like that. You know what yeah. I mean? So I, that's just something I noticed. Remember they hired a guy for continuity. I forget. Uh, Washington. Will, Will Washington. Yeah, yeah, I like him. Will, you're slipping, man. Yeah, I'm man. catching it. Um, Hangman came out um, and I was just saying to you because I was thinking about it when ta- just doing my uh, honorary things because um, one of the things I put for my honor or anything was something related to Hangman's theme because yeah. that that time when they got rid of yep, it for a week which and you I were was pissed. Like, hey, I you noticed it too, so that's what really stands out to me is that you you You're right. were even a little that's bothered very by that. Fair. I was, which that that says something to me about his theme. If you were bothered yeah. by it, but I was just saying to you, like, there's a time where he didn't come out to Ghost Town Triumph because you are detail oriented and anyone can change their theme and you will notice. For me, there's probably like ten people I would ever and notice. the fact that he's <laughs> yeah, one of them. Yeah, you're like, right. I think it's like I've thought about it. Though. It might be my favorite theme song just in general because I think it's perfect for him and it mm-hmm. sounds cool. And yep, it's clearly great if you're noticing things. But anyways. I I I bet you it was backlash of the like 
I had they, to be. It had to be. They used it for like a couple weeks, I think. And then I remember, I know he used it for the Texas death with Moxley. Yeah. Uh, and then it was gone pretty soon after that, which I am, I'm not complaining about. Anyways, that's a digression. Um, Paige was here. He said he doesn't care about the devil, the bromance, the laser tag, which did they do laser tag? I don't remember that. I'm not sure. Trampoline Park, yeah, dodgeball, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, and the game of Clue, figuring out who's done it. Um, Joe said, um, basically, maybe he's not a detective. Maybe he's made up his mind. He's out here as an executioner, which I really like that. Mm-hmm. That was that was just classic. I did. I like Joe that too. Right there. Um, Paige dared to do something about it. Um, Roddy came out yelling Samoa, and then he said. Uh, joe normally because that made me giggle yeah it's funny um it's a good bit he said hangman was his young boy which i don't know if that's true but the roh timeline would probably support that because i I think hangman was there as a young boy um so that would make sense um he mentioned circumstantial evidence about the mystery text and being that being mjf uh nobody saw them lay their hands on max but we saw them attacking the acclaimed and switchblade um and then eventually uh, Paige punched him out because uh, they have a match right after this and Aubrey went for the bell. Uh, hey, saw Paige serve as Roddy's young boy in Ring of Honor when Strong was part of a group known as the Decade. That's funny. There you go. Yeah. Um, not pun unintended, but Strong segment to start us off. Uh, there's a lot of different parts here, but I like that they kept it short and sweet, which is appreciated because um, I feel like they tend to that sometimes yeah. they're a little longer, but this one just felt like compact and it yep. still got the job done. I agree. Um, Joe was gold as always. I enjoyed his interaction with Hangman, who also stood his ground to his credit. Like he yeah. wasn't really taking BS this time. Um, lines for both of them that I liked. Um, Roddy made me chuckle as usual. Um, he does make a good case for being MJF, which is good for the story, but I think it's just like it could be him throwing people away from that. It's him, Kingdom, yeah. Kyle O'Reilly, and Cole. So I think there's that, obviously. I liked. Uh- did you get the line? What did he say? It Joe was like, it smelled like Stetson and disappointment as well, which I thought was funny. Yeah. He also said Joe's his best friend by proxy. And the uh, maybe I'm out here as executioner was a pretty awesome line. Joe was such that was a pretty cold. Joe's such a badass. And then, like, I like this use of Roddy because I agree the whole Samoa the way he says Samoa Joe is funny. But then he got a little more serious. Like he wasn't just all jokes, yeah. jokes, jokes. No, I like the com- comedic intro, kind of like Noam Dar. Yeah. Uh, and then we got a crowd member screaming, speak the, speak that truth, Roddy, remember? It was kind of <laughs> funny. funny yeah. um, I liked, because yeah, his silliness kind of contrasted the really serious conversation that was going on, but mm-hmm. then he sort of joined in. I don't know, we're getting another sp- suspect in the devil story. It's almost getting to like Scooby-Doo-ish for me a little bit. Like, I kind of want it to move on and get over with. I I like so many of the people involved in the Hangman plot line. But legitimate I, suspect, though. I know, but it's just like... And I like a lot of people involved in this. I'm just not loving the whole who is the devil thing. I don't know. It's feeling not AEW-ish to me at this point. I like it. And I feel like there's almost some chance of heel hangman at some point, which I'm interested in. I don't think I want that. I'm kind of curious to see. Uh But anyways. So I thought, like, I was entertained by this, but I'm not, I don't know. The the who is the devil storyline is not doing a whole lot for me at this point. I think it is. It just well, it can depends. be for you. That's a lot, that's legal. Is it? It is. We can disagree. Uh, next we go to Hangman versus Roddy. Uh, right off the back of that, there is a follow by Sam and Roddy shooting star from Hangman for two, which he doesn't do as much out of the shooting star. So Looks great. I, it's nice because not a lot of people can do. Well, and he's that like really a, well. and he's also bigger. Yeah. So uh, for him to be doing, it, I think he does it always really well. He so does. I always like to see it. 
Um, Bennett distracted ref, so Taven can hold Hangman Waits on the top rope. Uh, Rod hits an enziguri and a backbreaker on the top turnbuckle. I thought that looked awesome. That was really cool. Um, strike exchange ends with both men down. Death Valley Driver or Spicoli Driver, as they refer they do, to like it constantly to call it on uh, ROH. Uh, Hangman gets a two count off of that. Uh, Roddy ducked out of the way of a top rope himself from Hangman. Then after targeting Hangman, he's caught with a pop-up, set a powerbomb for two. Uh, belly back face poster for two from Roddy. Olympic slam later on for two. Uh, Roddy gets Hangman in the stronghold, but Hangman crawls to the ropes. Um, then there's that questionable dead eye for the win where Roddy's head did not touch the Really eye. bad. Unfortunate. Uh, also Terrible dead eye. Also like, the buckshot's usually a finish. So mm-hmm. it's it's always weird when he wins with the dead eye, but usually looks good. Yes. Um, but this was that, a, that was a little strange. Weakest dead eye ever, and unfortunately it pins Roddy. I thought it was a good match. The outcome's not in doubt. Even with OGK at ringside, I still didn't believe Roddy was winning this. Both of them are excellent wrestlers, so you get kind of get what you expected out of this. Um, like, I don't know if level-wise, Roddy should be having such a competitive match with Hangman, but I enjoyed uh, it. Roddy's still cool. And I'm yeah, happy I'll for Roddy. Him. Yeah. The crowd was really into the final... I thought the final few minutes were really frantic and enjoyable, so I thought it was a good opener, even though I knew Paige was winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, quality openers, as I would expect. I uh, figured it'd be a win for Hangman, but I, I'm always happy to see Roddy wrestle, uh, which is what he's always been good at, but his character work's been good lately, so you can't even say he's... Just to go in the ring. At least he's been delivering on both ends. Because mm-hmm. I feel like he hasn't wrestled in a little bit. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, plethora of backbreakers as expected. And a couple of them were pretty nice. Uh, the finishing dead eyes are really the only downer here. Because yep. Roddy's head did not touch the mat whatsoever. I also just liked how the ro- the opening segment just rolled into this nicely. It was just kind of a nice one-two punch kind of deal. You're right. Um, Seamless. So good match from here. Uh, then, kind of surprising, we get Andrade El Lito versus Brody King in kind of a classic blue league. First one on Dynamite, and these are two guys I love. So I'm really hyped for this because this is two guys I don't get to see enough. Um, I'm a big fan of both of them, like Brody King going back to ROH and Andrade back to NXT, right? So two guys I don't get to see a lot. So I'm pretty hyped for this one mm-hmm. going into it. Absolutely. Um, there's a shoulder tackle and I sent on from King. There's a heavy chop exchange. Like some of Andrade sounded like, like shotguns. It they was do. crazy. The clap he gets on them is it was crazy. like echoing through the arena. It was actually insane. Um, middle rope moonsault to the outside from Andrade. There's a pair of dragon screws from Andrade. Uh, he missed that corner yard. He always hits and King gets immediately area for two. Um, two count off of a cannonball in the corner from King. Looks awesome. Um, Andrade nails the boot fake back elbow. Oh my god beautiful just absolutely flush watched it twice just because yep. it's so beautiful um andre counters super superplex with the dt on the top turn buckle and he falls with the hammerlock dt to pick up the win another three points for him um uh this if this is anything to go off of the blue league must have been going as well as the gold league has been for us um we did also watch danson garcia on the rampage the other week which which is also really good mm-hmm. um there are a lot of media chops in here that just sounds were, were crazy, like absolutely crazy. Um, both of these guys really underrated, so it was cool to see them this week. An extra tournament match won't get any complaints from me, especially if it's as good as this. No. Um, finish was cool too, the double DDT. Um, yes. Or the DDT followed by DDT uh, was really nice. Um, Andre wins as I expected, although I could have seen King winning, to yep. be fair. Like, That's it was, part of why it was kind was of so contestable. Into it. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and I think that makes King look strong that he took such a it took a really strong finishing combination, right, to put him down. Yeah. So, and and at one point, Brody King on the floor did that running crossbody to Andrade in the chair that looked amazing too. They showed it from 
two separate angles and it looked awesome. So, I mean, this delivered for me. I really, really enjoyed this match as I figured I would. I was more hyped for this than most pay-per-view matches we see from WWE for sure. Um, just an awesome contrast of styles. And like you said, I didn't know who was going to win. So that is a nice touch too. Super physical, high impact stuff. The crowd liked it. And so did I. I thought it was an excellent TV match. Mm -hmm. uh, next, you get Renee interviewing the Von Erics because they have a movie. That, exactly. That's why we're. Um, yeah, that's the timing of this. Kevin talks about loving AEW. Then Cassie and best friends come in. He's got a six man tag against X Jazz. Needs partners. New Von Erics except to be his partners. Um, it was fine, really short. Kevin sounds rough, but I kind of expected that because we watched the Dark Side of the Ring. He yeah. just, he's he's old, been through a lot. So True, it's whatever. Yeah, I don't really care too much. I'd be curious to see the Von Erics, I guess, but it's not. I'll check the movie. I'm probably. certainly not heading out to Rampage to watch this or anything. No. So and I also didn't watch the ROH pre-show. So no, tough luck. I watched uh, Taya. That was it. Woo. Yeah. Anyways, um, next we hear from the Golden Jets or the Winnipeg Jets, depends on. Uh, how Omega's feeling. <laughs> right. Um, Jericho said the reason it's been a while since they've been here is because they've been getting attacked by Big Bill and Ricardo Starks. Uh, Jericho claimed they injured his arm since Jericho had a big arm brace. It still pales in comparison to Matt Jackson. No, but it's, sim it's, it's similar. getting there. Matt's is like hit heavier and it's yeah. like completely covers his arm. They both look cumbersome. Yeah. This one looks a little better at least. Um, Jericho called out the tag champs. Uh, Starks came out. He said... Uh, he had no problem with Omega for creating AEW. He said Jericho sucks the life out of everything. Uh, he wondered if you could really trust Jericho because of the inner circle and Jazz, and he did nothing for anyone in those. Correct. Very true. Um, Bill mentioned things that Jericho's done to Omega, and if Jericho attacked Omega again, nobody would be surprised. Also true. Yep. Um, Omega said that they're basing this off his trust of Jericho. He said he knows, or Jericho knows Omega doesn't trust him. Um, Omega mentioned the firm, and fans said he said uh fans don't remember the firm he said it wasn't firm it was more soft which is funny yeah um omega said he's the king of receiving a beatdown. is he i, well, I guess because he's like best bout machine and fights super i guess long matches i was just thinking like more punishment. like getting beat down by multiple people no, like, I, I guess maybe in the blackpool feud but like i guess i feel like there's plenty of other people that get attacked more like maybe hangman i, or, I just I thought know. he meant he takes punishment I, that more, would so. make more sense um, Omega said they've earned themselves a title shot. They're calling their shot at World's End. Uh, Ricky Starks accepted, accepted the challenge, which I feel like cause since they earned a title shot, does, he doesn't really have a choice to accept it. It's no. Like they called their shot. The match yeah. is on. See, I would think so. So that that's whatever, I guess. Um, Starks reminded Jericho he beat Chris twice, so that is true, which he says he's done half the work already. He said they're the best tag team going around. Even though they don't have a name, which I don't think they're the best, but that's fine. Um, Jericho suggested a name, the absolute assholes. Um, that they tried, they muted the second word. Uh, mm -hmm. The crowd didn't pick that up much. Um, then he said the Rick and the Dick. Um, then they combined the names to Big Billy Starks. The fans were in, into that. I can't blame them. It was pretty cringy. Um, Starks ripped on Jericho for his outfit. Um, and Jericho said he sees a better dressed, Hot less topic outfit. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Uh, Jericho says he sees a better dressed, less charismatic version of Enzo Amore, which that surprised me because yeah. just straight up name dropping him was uh, something else. Um, Omega said at least Enzo would hype up Big Bill and not take up all the spotlight, which was true. Um, Stark said nobody cares about Jericho anymore. He said they're sick of Jericho and Omega. He said they're the best tag team there is and told Jericho and Omega to try to prove the Golden Jets are better. Um, and then Omega did a sign off thingy. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. This felt really strange to me. I it definitely felt disconnected. Did it almost like maybe they didn't really know what each other were going to say or something? I don't know. It felt off. I really, really don't like Jericho and Omega together. Yeah, for, I for don't. Whatever I, reason, I didn't I like it before. Want. I like it less now. I have no idea who I'm supposed to root for here either, because Jericho and Omega did not seem like baby faces here. So it's kind of like. And um, I was saying when um Ricky was talking with Jericho, saying he sucks the life of everything, and when he was ripping on Inner Circle and Jazz, I agreed with him. Yeah. If anything. No, this was really I don't know. This was weird for some reason. I can't exactly put my finger on, but I didn't enjoy it. I didn't. There's a couple like funny lines and stuff but overall the tone of it was off to me the only thing i really like from the golden jets were the enzo and cast references mm -hmm. those are appreciated and also surprising because i didn't think they would anyone would want to reference enzo right ever so that that was a little surprising as an insult they'll reference him basically. yeah that, that's that's, <laughs> that's the only that's context fair. that's fair um I feel like sometimes we talk about diamond segments going too long. And while usually I can agree with that, but I'll, I'll defend I, it. I talk about it a lot. It's usually <laughs> something sure. like MJF and Joe or yes. MJF and Switchblade or something that's really good that I like. It's like, yes, it's too long, but they did really good. So I enjoyed it still. And they've um, laid a lot of groundwork. And so they, it makes sense. And they're like, there's a good back and forth mm -hmm. and there's like some good story there. But um, this uh, was not that. It just felt like it dragged on too long. Um, to me, it felt like there were a couple points where this could have ended, but then someone decided to say a few more things. That's what I think, too. That's what it really felt like to me. Starks was easily the best part of this because he's always great on the mic. I agree with some of the things he said. He had some of the best singers. The only thing the babyfaces really had that I liked were the end zone cast references. Uh, other than that, their promo felt really rough and disjointed. Uh, the bit where Jericho was coming, trying to come up with the heels name, tag team name was lame. And there were just parts where like they were both talking repeatedly and felt like clunky. It kind of, when you were talking about Punk and HBK, it kind of felt like that where like, they're trying to do like this yeah. ad-libbing thing where they're like riffing off each other and it felt kind of weird like it just didn't hit uh, i'm not looking for the tag title match and what i would expect is a golden jets win but now with the news of omega's injuries i guess the match is off i'm hoping that it takes jericho out of the mix entirely and that he doesn't just get a tag partner again because that's my fears that mm -hmm. he'll just be like oh i'm gonna replace omega with someone else he's gonna take the titles because I don't want that. It's the the baby faces here didn't come across likable. Like I don't, I didn't. They don't. I'm not rooting for them all no, based they, off of this. It just made at me all. cringe. Yeah. Yeah. It was not, not great. Nope. Uh, Ruby Soho versus Riho. Tony Storm's on commentary. I heard the outcast theme. Not only did I recognize it immediately, but I immediately felt a sense of dread, which is not good. You did recognize it immediately. I was just, I just, I, I mean, I was just like, ugh. Yep. Not good. Um, and they showed. Last time Rio was on Dynamite getting attacked by the outcasts, uh, back when Tony Storm was normal and whatever. I heard commentary talking about um, Storm was saying it's an imposter because Soho's hair is not green anymore. <laughs> yeah. That kind of made me chuckle. And um, they kind of like commentary for the beginning of this really ignore all of the action going on and just talk to Tony Storm. So that's kind of irritating because I just criticized NXT for doing the same thing. Well, it's fair game if they do it too. That's I guess correct. I criticize that as well. It's much um, more rare, and this was because there was a guest that they were talking to. So, so it's I'll a little defendable, that, but, but still, still annoying. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, trio of double foots on from Riho, which looked okay. Diamond cross by from Riho for two. Side of Subex from Soho for two, which Riho being light, a light feather benefit here because it looked like she got ragdolled on that. Yeah. So that was really on nice. On the doomsday? Okay. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that, too. It'll never stop. Uh, Crucifix bomb from Riho for two. Um, so it's a right kick that connects about as much as the dead eye from earlier. Not at all. Count. Yeah, yeah, that was my best way of comparing that. Uh, decent dragon suplex and a basement meteor, which looked less impactful from Riho, picks up the win. 
Uh, it was fine. Another mediocre women's match that I'm pretty apathetic towards. I knew Rio would win. The action was fine at best, but nothing exciting. Uh, Meteor at the end was the most convincing finish because, again, Rio has about as much force as the Divas pillow fights. <laughs> I said pretty average, right? Nothing wrong with it. You knew Riho was winning, and she did. Um, I kind of found all of the frequent cuts to Tony Storm just mugging. Like, she wasn't doing anything. Yeah, I, I thought it was, like, amusing once or twice because it cuts her in, like, black and white. And that's fine, but, like... It was a lot. You, you didn't need to do that many times. And she didn't add anything to commentary. Nothing Not really. really happened with her after the match, even. Like, in the land of run-ins and beatdowns. Like Not even nothing. a stare-down. Nothing. Or um, just... Quality win for Riho, I guess, in her return. And... Question, general question. Is Ruby Soho good? I was just thinking, I feel like my opinion on her has soured a little. I don't think she's good. Because she so has had weird. good matches. Yes. When, is when she good? No. When she came in, we thought she was a good addition. And I think like I think she was decent, but I I think decent's good the ceiling. anymore. I think so. Because like she had solid matches like Baker and Right. That's all. I'm it's funny because <laughs> we have the case where the more you see someone like her and Taya, you start to go maybe not so good. But then like it was the exact opposite for us with Serena Deeb. With the more we watch her, like oh my god, she's yeah, we didn't really such love a technician her, like, and so Serena Deeb's amazing. Character so work is I'm good. I'm really excited for her to come Me back. Me too. But no, yeah, I don't think so. Is that good? Maybe is Storm the best one of the outcasts? I think so. That's weird because I used to hate Tony Storm. And I think she's totally fine now. Like her. In the Her, ring, she's good. Yes. Um, the character is. I think I'm back to on the fence. I was starting to like it. Now I'm, I don't know because it like I think you made really made a good Fine point with that the, like, not as champion though. I think you made a really good point that it doesn't have a lot of legs to I'm stand wondering. on. Although I, I thought that right. about Orange Cassidy and was wrong, but I don't think this is to that degree. I think so. Cassidy, it's like it's more. Um, she's more. She's more Danhausen than Orange Cassidy. That's fair. With Cassidy, I feel like what's the word I'm looking for? It's more like um versatile. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Like while he is largely the same, he can kind of change it up. Like and he's like kind of evolved, right? I feel like her gimmick it can't evolve much beyond what she is. And now. he's super good in the ring. And he's really great in the ring. I feel like Tony Storm's not that I don't think her She's ab- good. I don't think her ability has decreased. I think just wrestling how she is with this character yeah has decreased her you know what i mean because i feel like when yes. she was wrestling when she was like a normal tony storm she can do everything she does and she's really good but i feel like with this she's like because remember there's the spot with luther where she threw they keep trying to find ways to, to incorporate stuff right i think incorporating this character into her matches makes her in-ring work the quality a little less like it's not yeah. it's not her regressing it's just the character and seeping its way in it all kind of sense. feels beneath championship I, to oh, me of course yeah i think it's I think it had potential, but I really feel like again, like Sheeta got screwed because I mm-hmm. feel like she could have won and now Storm would invisible. benefit. And yeah, Sheeta disappeared after that match. Yeah. I don't, I understand. But that's enough ranting about the women's division. Fair for enough. Now. We had to go on a little tangent. We always that's, do. That's fair. I mean, at least it was pretty related. <laughs> it so, was. for yep. a digression. Um, next we go to something I like just about as much, uh, probably less actually, is a Wardlow vignette. Uh, he was talking about how he's left the path of pure mayhem. He bragged about destroying everyone in his way. There was highlights and whatever. He's going to bring the devil to his knees. And this world is coming to an end. I really didn't have much to say because I don't know what else to say other than I really just don't want him near the title. That's, it, I don't know what to say. So this is more of the same, right? So I thought this, it made me laugh because when we don't have to watch him just squashing people, Instead, we get basically a montage of him squashing people with him voiceovering. And not only that, but like, 
while you're saying that kind of but you know what i mean kind of made me think all of his matches lately have been the same it's you know the same routine every week he does it now his promos are the same thing too it's like this is his promos are equivalent to his matches where he's been saying this same thing for weeks on end and so that was my next thing right all of it's really basic and it can work if the person doing it has charisma and whatever, whatever. That's where but we're Ward, seeing though. that it's the problem. Yeah. Like, it just comes across as here is generic big guy doing generic promos and generic squashes. And it, the whole package is just like... And somehow getting to gun for the world Nothing champion. special about it at all. No. And he's just not engaging as a performer for me. He's... No, and I so think... So the whole thing is very flat. I think I picked him for biggest regression. Now that, I know I'm talking very, about like, it Very, like, two-dimensional. Like, he's... My perception of him has fallen so much in mm-hmm. the past couple of years, because um, I think when they were pushing him with the rise, uh, when his rise with the MJF storyline, I think it was they were doing it really well, and he's just he like, fell off. If what they always say is going to happen, which is WWE is going to come after him full court press, I'd be like, okay, they can gladly take ahead. him. I yeah. don't, I don't want him. Anymore. I don't think it's a huge loss. Like I know he's young and big and whatever, but like. He's and, not adding to the product. And WWE style might work for him, but I feel like it's a cross situation almost. Yeah. Um, but anyways. I think so, yeah. And honestly, he can he can go there and you can do whatever. He can stink up whatever joint he wants to. But Women's rant, Wardlow rant, back to back. Back to our, back, that's our, good. A couple of our big grievances. Yeah. Big, all out of the way. On on a weekly basis, <laughs> I, I would say those are my two yep. main gripes with the show. Yeah. Um, but we're back to some good stuff. We're back with the Continental Classic. The Gold League is back in action with Roosh and Jay Lethal. Um, there's a heavy chops in the corner from Roosh, um, not as loud, but still. No. Bull's horns fake out in the boot to the face from Roosh. He can't stop himself from, from just being it's, a jerk, eh? Yeah. In an important tournament match, he still just can't. And I know some people interpret it that's dumb or whatever, but I just think it's like he's that guy to a core, and he can't not do it, even though it's mm-hmm. a bad, bad idea. Um, Lethal blocks the Bull's horns with a super kick, went for lethal injection. Roosh caught him in a sleeper and picks up the win. It was pretty... Sh- pretty sure it was only five minutes so it didn't hit the level of other tournament matches but i was still entertained and i get that in a tournament setting these things are going to happen right and um i didn't expect that finish but i did expect rouge to win i thought it like a solid five minute match so if this is if this is what wwe speed matches are it's not the end of the world but they won't be I don't think. I mean, yeah, it, it can, depends. You if they commit to it, that. hey, it's its own style and it's strong workers going a million miles an hour, maybe. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I thought this was totally fine. Um, yeah, it was uh, surprisingly short and straightforward win for Roosh, but it's good for him because um, I like that um, the beating from Mox stuck with him and he, he used right. it uh, to win here. They made a point of that. I thought that was cool. Donald Trump for Roosh, which is refreshing to say the least, but I think with the wins for uh, Switchblade, I think mainly Switchblade and then also Moxley. I think Roosh is out of the running regardless. Yeah. But at least he got a couple of wins. Yeah, he got a good showing, I think, and just some eyes on him. He had another win. Well, oh, it was Briscoe, right? Yeah, I would assume. Cool. Everyone beats Briscoe. And Lethal. <laughs> right. Um, then we get a quick score of Mox package. I didn't really have much to know cool. about it, but it was good. Shiny, well-produced. It was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the Gold League. We are with Jay White and Mark Briscoe. And... I, this was good, but I wish they had just because they did this randomly in the run up to full gear when yeah. Briscoe came back. I wish they had just saved this for now, so that'd be like it's not like we just kind of saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, it'll it'll probably be good. Uh, there was a froggy bow from Briscoe for two. Uh, White does kind of like a urinagi like toss to throw Briscoe out of the ring. And he hit the apron on the way down, which was 
solid. Yep. Uh, Big Larry from Briscoe. Running elbow drop. The cactus elbow from the apron. Looks good. Uh, from Briscoe. Um, chop exchange. Uh, White avoided a geodriller with a uh, dragon screw. Uh, sleeper suplex from White. I think there's another one looks as well. Awesome. Those always look really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Briscoe did some sort of overhead suplex that I think Hook has done, and White landed high. It looks really cool. Yeah, we weren't sure what it was. I don't think it was a it's, half and half. No, because it was like kind of like a Yurinagi grip. It was. But then cool. he threw him overhead. It, good. it wasn't a T bone. Looks dangerous. It looks sick though. Um, Briscoe missed a froggy bow and the finish came with White connecting with a pretty nice Blade Runner for the win. Yeah. Um. So White's up to nine. Briscoe's we'll down to zero. <laughs> Briscoe's down to zero. Stays still. at zero. So if with the with the speed thing, he'd get a negative score. He'd be at like minus three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. And I think despite his poor results, I still think or minus nine. If you want to go with the points in this, I still think Briscoe's had a good showing. Honestly, I think he's looked good in the matches for sure. Never winning, and then White does what he does. He makes his opponents look really good, and then ultimately wins for himself. So I thought another enjoyable match yeah. in like a enjoyable another tournament. enjoyable match. I can't complain with this tournament really. Um, no, if I, it's really repetitive every week, but it's it's really good. Um, again, I feel like White could have done more, but he always seems to dig in a deep dragon screw and then uh, pick up a win for himself. Yep. So Briscoe looks good and White looks good once he starts to get his offense in. Uh, finishing sequence was strong and the result was expected, but that doesn't hurt the match, of course. And I was saying, I think for us who are, again, like in-ring people, the fact that it's like nobody's allowed at ringside too is because you're really it is getting... refreshing yeah because i don't mind people being there but just like a break from it is at a least a break nice. from all the after brawls and whatnot is just like good wrestling match on to the next one i mm-hmm. quite enjoy it yeah um next we get um an absolute dream match for me in john moxie versus swerve strickland in continental classic gold league which and there was some ftr well. thing right before it but all i wrote was ftr I think it was saying they were They're with, teaming with Jay Briscoe, right. remember? That's what Caprice said. Oh my said. god, yeah. <laughs> Caprice Coleman. And Mark Disco. Whoops. Yeah. So yeah, main event um, that is on Two of my paper. guys are here. Awesome, yeah. Moxley, probably my favorite of all time. Swerve, one of my favorites in the world right now. Maybe all time. But at least modern day right now, two of my favorites, period. And again don't know who's winning this yep moxley, which adds a lot for me moxley's a forever he's a perennial top guy in AEW, and swerve is on the rise is the hottest guy on the roster possibly arguably yeah um there's a really cool draping dt in the corner from swerve for two it looked that awesome. was really nice yeah uh swerve caught a boot and hits a clean backbreaker he like he kind of like swoops under then picks moxley up so for the backbreaker. smooth i don't understand how he does how he does like he it's... just he just moves differently from everybody and it looks awesome yeah um, diving up to the back from the middle rope by Swerve. Uh, Mox countered the rolls who flatten our attempt, cutting him off with a cutter for two. Uh, Gotch pile driver from uh, Mox, which I almost had goth pile driver. And he stalled it for quite a that while, nice. too. Yeah, it was. It looked good, though. Uh, Swerve connects with that roll through flatten Then he does that, like, flip over transition into a suplex from Swerve. Love but Moxley piles right back up and eats kind of like a Claymore like drop kick from oh yeah for he, two. he did the fire up and then got booted in the yeah. face immediately uh wrist capture something here and envelopes from swerve taking a page in a mox's mm-hmm. book um really nice house call it's just it looks it's so good every time i, I love it so much uh then swerve went up for the swerve stomp and moxie shoved him to the outside swerve beats the count back in and immediately eats a curb stomp from t- for two for moxley uh swerve stomp from the apron uh, with Moxie seated on a chair, then another in the ring for a really nice near fall. Um, then the finish came in Moxie countered JML driver into a roll up with a handful of tights uh, to he pick did. up the win. And maybe uh, and not Swerve's, both shoulders down. Swerve's shoulder was kind of up. I don't yeah. know if that's intentional. They didn't really mention it. So yeah, excellent match. I don't like Swerve losing personally. I wouldn't do anything to slow his momentum, but 
still really strong mm-hmm. competitive main event. Yeah, I got some fantasy booking. Swerve is a joy to watch and just so smooth. And then it's like Mox with his Smash Mouth style, right? It just it works. I like really the well mind games together. they both kind of had at the beginning too. Yeah. That was amusing. And again, nobody can get involved. Both are part of a larger faction, and nobody can get involved. That helps too. Um, I'm kind of hoping this loss like snaps Swerve and he heads back to like super villain doing evil stuff again. Um, not I happy feel like he the lost, only but... reason he's been less of himself is just because with the tournament there's less room for character yes. work because you're just wrestling right and nana so, dances out with him and then has to leave basically yeah, basically yeah. yeah um it sounds really strange but it's probably the second time this year where i'm disappointed i'm actually winning um, right i always too. say he's my favorite and i think he always will be but uh i'm de- definitely uh rooting against him a couple times it's just when it makes sense right, right. with cassidy and with swerve uh, Swerve really did deserve the win, but they gave it some leeway here, so I'm willing to accept it uh, if they do what I'm going to book. Uh, Moxley reefs on the tights a bit, and then obviously the shoulders weren't fully down, so we'll see if that was intentional or not, but it's point of contention for a rematch. Yeah, Swerve regardless. has a legitimate grievance, yeah. right? Uh, result aside, I love this for a TV main event. It felt high stakes because these guys were the point leaders, mm-hmm. and both of them are top guys right now. Um, two of my favorite guys in wrestling today in a tournament I've been really enjoying. Um, there's some sick stuff and some really good near falls towards the end, uh, like the little mind games at the beginning. Um, so fantasy booking for the next week. So we have to have the matches we haven't had yet are Swerve versus Roosh and Moxley Switchblade. So I think we had Briscoe Lethal. That was this week, right? Or no, that was last week. I think so. Or we have that. Anyways, the ones with the guys who are still in, we need to have Swerve Roosh because we haven't had that. Mm-hmm. Right. That because Swerve's first match was Swerve's ma- first match. No wait, I checked right. I think I, think I looked did. at the scoreboard because um, the one guy I posted, I think Authors of Wrestling, he posted it. So hold on. I will, I'll double check it right now. So anyways, hold on. We're looking for it. We're looking for it. Where is it? I'm Where fine. I'm it? looking it up too. Here Where we go. I've got it? it. Moxie's 4-0, and Swerve's 3-1. and And then who's, is the schedule still there of who's facing who? Okay. So this was after Dynamite, I think, right? Um. So, yeah, we need Swerve versus Roosh because Roosh has an empty spot next to him. And then, yeah, so it's yep. Moxley, Switchblade, and... Okay, so my plan's still same. Sorry, folks. <laughs> okay, so next week we need to have Swerve versus Roosh and Moxley versus Switchblade to keep what we want, which is a Swerve victory. This is what we need to do. Swerve needs one more win to tie Moxley's points, and Moxley also has to lose next week so he doesn't gain more points. Oh, yes, right? I remember your plan. Um, so Swerve needs to beat Roosh, so then him and Moxley are tied at 12 points each. Then Moxley loses to Switch to keep Moxley at 12, but then also Switchblade's at 12. So then we have a three-way Gold League final with the three best ones. We have Switch, Mox, That'd and Swerve in a three-way final on Dynamite. Swerve wins that to send him to the finals at the pay-per-view where he belongs. It's all still salvageable. Yeah, I, and that would be awesome. So I think it's I think, possible. I think it's fantasy booking in a logical sense. I feel like that's what they're going to do. Because yeah. other than that... If you're not going to do that, I don't know why you would have Swerve lose. Right. So I feel like uh, Swerve losing keeps this three-way tie possible. Then we have a three-way, which should be amazing. Lose now, win in a bigger spot. Exactly. Beating Switch and Moxley, that's yeah. pretty sweet. Yep. Um, so that is what we need next week. And I guess I guess we'll see if that goes down. Uh, then after the match, uh, we oh, cut yeah. to the parking lot. Hangman gets attacked in the parking lot by Devil's Henchman. The Devil is present this time, which... And he, was, he got up, so that made me think, oh, it's not cool, but... He's behind a car door, and he didn't walk out. Mm-hmm. He's just standing there. Could still so be him. For he's sure. present. It could still be cool. Hangman gets put through a windshield with a real glass. Real glass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crimea River. I thought this was a really good show. Um, matches were really good. I loved the Brody King match, and I loved the main event. The women's match was just kind of there, but everything else I thought was really good. Promo wise. 
the opening segment was good. I really didn't like the Jericho Omega interaction there. Wardlow's thing was obviously not something we needed. So I don't know. I'm going to go with B plus. It was pretty close to an A show for me. If I, if I feel I'd like enjoyed... if the Golden Jets thing was out of here. Right. So it was, that was a more major thing. If you put something I enjoyed as a segment there, it would make A range. Yeah. But in ring, really good. B plus, good show. No MJF this week. That's right. But I'm That's fine weird. with that too. I'm, I'm okay a little break. break is we okay. don't dislike him, but no, the no. break is okay for sure. Yep. Um, but no, I agree. A really good show. Started strong with a good segment and a solid match. And the tournament matches were... Firing on all cylinders this week. They I thought were. Blue League Even was a five nice minute surprise. One. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was really good. Five minute one was solid. Um, the Switch Briscoe was obviously really stellar, and the main event was fantastic. Probably my favorite match of the tournament. Um, women's match was fine. I didn't like the Golden Jets, but that was just one thing. I think you loved much, Wardlow. I did A-plus. not like Wardlow. <laughs> um, but everything else is pretty good. So yeah, B plus. I think it's just shy of an A range show, but um, still really good. Easy, an easy watch, which I always appreciate. Yeah. All right, let's do some trivia. It's going to be Jack answering some trivia questions a little bit rapid fire this week, I think, in what we call Off the Top of His Head. All right, so this week it's going to be, I found, because every now and then I'll go on and Google some trivia and see if there's anything new. So this one I haven't done before. Maybe some of the questions have come up, but not from these guys. So it's Trivia Nerd, um, and they have just some... I think I can get two weeks out of it, which is nice. So the topics this week will be uh, WWE history, Royal Rumble, and WrestleMania. And then we'll save the rest. So it's around 20 We've questions. We've probably done that, yeah. Pretty rapid fire, but we'll see where it goes. Um, so starting with history, in what year did WWE adopt its current name? So I guess they're asking, when did the switch take place? Like to When WWE? did they get the F out? Uh, 02. Correct, 2002. Why? I don't, what? Why do you know that? Like, what signif- just is just there? I just, I've known that a lot. I've seen a whole video about it. I don't, I just, I've watched a lot about that. Yeah. What year did Kane make his debut? Uh, 97. Wow. Yes. Edge was crowned as King of the Ring in which year? 01. <laughs> I told you they'd be rapid fire people. The first in your house event took place in which year? 95. Wow. When, what? That's the re- repetitive question. What do you mean? Like the question's repetitive or we already exact did Exact same question. Oh, okay. Uh, in 2013, The Undertaker's WrestleMania record became... 21 and 0. Yes, very Because it was good. the year before he lost. Oh, that's how they made that easy for you. All right. Which year... Now Royal Rumble, okay? Shifting gears. Okay. Which year did Brock Lesnar win the Royal Rumble? Uh, which one? He has multiple, so go first. 03 and 2022. First one, obviously. Okay. That's why I figured, but I figured I'd... Because they said it came out in 2023, so they should have had both. But anyways, Probably. in what year were there co-winners of the Royal Rumble? Um, 94. Correct. Who were they? Luger and Bret Hart. Correct. Because they were the they, wa- they wanted to nope. push Luger, but they yeah. were trying to gauge the reaction. Then Bret, was, it was like their safe out. You know? Yes, that's smart. In which year did Mr. McMahon win the Royal Rumble? 99. Correct. In which year did Rey Mysterio win the Royal Rumble? 06. My goodness. The Royal Rumble was won by Edge. What year? Um, 2010. Correct. And 2021. Okay. In which year did Orton win the Rumble? 09 and 17. They only had 09. I'll give it to you. I'll tr- 17 I'll was the right. first Rumble like I actually watched when I got into wrestling because I think because I got like mid 2016. So the one that Triple H won would have been like before I started watching. When Kane held the record, because I don't think it's current for most eliminations in a single Rumble, how many was 12. it? 12. We know. 
Did he have 11? They have 11. Okay, so no, 12 was Roman, I think. There you go. Okay, that's uh, I my think bad. that's right. All right, so final category is WrestleMania. What's the only WrestleMania to not feature a traditional men's singles match? I think we've had that 2000? question before. Correct. Yeah, because the only one was, I think, a women's match. At which WrestleMania event did Ultimate Warrior defeat Hulk Hogan? Six, Correct. which is in Toronto. That's right. In what year did WrestleMania 12 take place? 96. Correct. Ultimate Warrior made his debut in the WWE in what year? Not sure how that has anything to do with WrestleMania. I'm going to 89. Close. 88. Back up one more. 87? Really? Correct, 87. Oh, wow. Okay. What's the only WrestleMania that took place on a Monday? I know we've had this question oh, before. Oh, is it Mania 2? Correct. Yeah. In what year did WrestleMania 30 occur? Uh, 14. Correct. 14. What was the number of WrestleMania in 2013? Obviously, if you just did the previous one. <laughs> 20. Can you subtract one from 30 <laughs> under pressure? Uh, <laughs> Not sure you can. 20, 20, 29. Um, at which WrestleMania, that's a good one, I wouldn't know, but you will, did the first ever Money in the Bank take place? 21. Wow, yep. And finally, in which WrestleMania, I guess before current, current ones, did The Undertaker not appear? Ooh. Wait. So when he started appearing and was a, like a mainstay, I guess there was one he wasn't at up until his retirement. Oh, oh 2000. So that's WrestleMania what? 16. No. Really? They're saying earlier than that. Well, what Maybe that they're wrong. What one? WrestleMania 10. Uh, you might have to fact check that. That sounds right. Yeah, but fact check I'm it on pretty break. sure he missed, missed 2002, so I don't well, think I'm wrong. We can fact check it on break, and you can mention it at the start of the next segment, which is where we go back to what we watched this week. It's going to include a little bit of a surprise. We watched some Ring of Honor. Surprise goodness. Final battle. Yep. Uh, we watched, what, the first four or five matches of that, so we'll quickly go over those and all the other stuff we do in the segment we like to call High Spots and Rest Holds. All right, so you have at least a thing from Raw, I'm pretty sure, that I actually am familiar with as well, so mm -hmm. go ahead. Yeah, Rollins promo against Punk from Raw. He's signed with Raw, obviously. He's in the Rumble, blah, blah, blah. And blah, seemed blah. to speak for all of us. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, it reeked of the truth and shared a lot of similarities with a certain hangman promo. <laughs> right. I, felt. Um, I liked it a lot. Uh, though Rollins said uh, this Punk, th that it is in Punk's home. He spent the past decade tearing WWE down he and did. slandering everyone in it. All true. Uh, and then he comes back and calls it home. He says it's his home, not Punk's. Um, and I think even if it's kayfabe, I, you got to think... He definitely feels this way to a degree. Sure, it doesn't mean it's not rooted in some sort of real. It, I think feelings. it is. I think he's definitely working it now because he's going to for them. Yeah, but I definitely think this is some. There's some semblance of it's realism. It's not for a him. stretch for him. We'll it's put not, it that no, way. No, it's it's rooted in the truth, which I like. Um, and I like how it's similar to that Hangman promo that really set off everything. Yeah. Um, that one little promo, which honestly in AEW it's not out of place. I don't think Hangman's at fault it for that. It seems pretty innocuous at the a, time. A, I really liked it because I didn't really like Punk, and B, it's like people take shots at that all the time. People take worse shots. Christian d takes worse shots on a weekly basis. I would suggest that Hangman's one was so subtle that until Punk made a big deal about it, I no don't really think cared. a lot of people even noticed. No, honestly, I think he really shone the light on it. Yeah, no, if he had just dropped it, I think it would have been like a good line, but it would have really flown under the radar. Yeah, I think it got blown out of the water once he I felt agree. it was insulting, and then that that's everything else. So I like that it was kind of like that. Um, 
it makes it enjoyable for me. Even if it's kayfabe, Rollins is still my guy for the stance he's mm-hmm. taking. Um, I really got scared because I heard I just saw Punk was something about Royal Rumble and he was standing across from Rollins. I was like, because if Rollins and Punk was the match at Rumble, I was like, oh shit, Rollins is losing the title there. Mm-hmm. But if Punk's in the Rumble, that prolongs it for a little while at yeah. least, um, which is. Uh, that that would be good at least. Yeah, I don't know, man. What this what they're gonna do with this guy? But yeah, I I his first match was on a house show against Dom. Rollins' reply to it yeah. felt natural. To I, say. I liked it. Rollins is good once he gets more serious. Like I don't know what he should do, but I would like a character change at some point. So I like what he's doing right now, but I really miss the Rollins of like the late 2010s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could use some tweaking. I feel like a yeah. little bit. Still has great matches though. Yeah. Uh, then we'll go into NXT. I recap most of the show. There was a couple little segments I think I skipped over, but we start out with Carmelo and Trick Williams walking through the parking lot. Reporters come up asking Trick about his win at Deadline in the Iron Survivor. So as he engages with the reporters, Carmelo Hayes kind of slinks off in the background and enters the building. So I have to give NXT credit. They are doing long-term storytelling for sure. But at this point, it's starting to fall off. It's just weeks of the same thing. Here's one thing to make you think Mellow and Trick are good, and that maybe it's not Mellow. Oh, here's another thing to make it pretty obvious that it's Mellow who attacked, and it's just repetitive. Here's still, a thing in favor. I still think it's him. Here's a thing in opposition, right? We're just mm-hmm. spinning wheels with different examples. Right. Um, deadline recaps next, and then we cut to Carmelo Hayes apparently has been attacked backstage. He's holding on to, I think it was his left leg. Trick comes up, asks who did it. And then just to jump ahead in a segment later, Mello's cleared by medical to compete. I think because he's on SmackDown, right? Yeah, he's in. he beat Waller in the first round. And Trick asks Mello who the attacker was. Mello says he's going to call out the attacker later in the ring. Sure. Uh, Cora Jade is then in the ring, and she cuts a lengthy promo. And I think I was texting you while you were at work. Yeah, but it was not. it was rough. It was not good. Um, and there was clearly, to be delicate, more than an injury recovery going on while she was away. Mm-hmm. As TJR, where we visit um, his website for recaps of things we might have missed. Yep, shout out to him as always. Or when we don't feel like taking notes at yep. the time we're watching it. His line was, she certainly looks like a quote-unquote bigger star, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, John. Good, good job. I thought that was funny. That's good. She talks about all the fans were kissing their 8x10s of her, waiting for her return. How, who Did you tell her I was doing that? Yeah, I did. I, t- I did sent you... her a cre- brief video. I told you not to do I that. I sent her, um, oh my God, I, a tout. <laughs> oh, <laughs> remember, remember WWE had their own social media thing? Did they? Look it up while I'm talking. Wait, how do I spell that? Tout, T-O-U-T, WWE. It was like um, Vine. What? You didn't know that? I don't think oh so. Oh, my God. Did go tout about it. <laughs> what? You, did you look it up? Yeah. I'll go over this. You, you educate yourself. Um, <laughs> okay. So, something. basically, she says the fans were messaging her, asking her to return, uh, and that we didn't like her then, but now we love her. And that... Okay. I, I, admittedly, I did do that, so I apologize. <laughs> And the deadline was the best night ever because we learned that no matter how deep the NXT l- women's locker room is, everything's better when Cora Jade is around. Preach, the match, The Iron Survivor match was great, but at the end of the day, everyone was talking about Cora Jade because she stood there holding the women's title high. Lyra comes out with the title, reminds us that Jade attacked her from behind at deadline. Blair Davenport shows up to brag about that she won the Iron Survivor match and... 
that she's going to set up her match against Lyra at New Year's Evil. Nikita Lyons returned to tell Belair that she hadn't forgotten what uh, Blair did to her in the parking lot. Turned into a fight with the faces Lyra and Lyra Lyons, sorry, clearing the ring. So, gee, I wonder what could be happening. Uh, Who's famous for this? Teddy Long. We need yeah. Teddy Long to come out and be like, we got ourselves a tag team match. Playa. And then he'll get someone else to go one-on-one with The Undertaker. So Jade spoke for too long. Didn't sound good. The crowd seemed bored a little bit too. The rest was just super obvious WWE style. Hey, two faces and two heels who have a grievance. Let's put you in a tag match ahead of your inevitable singles matches. So not very interesting. Dragon Lee talks to Kelly Kincaid briefly. He announces that he's going to make uh, he's going to defend like Wes Lee would have defended, sort of in honor of him, I guess, starting with tonight and an open challenge. So that's cool. We get what came up on Deadline, which is Metaphor taking on Henley, Briggs, and Jensen. And it was a backstage altercation at Deadline, as we mentioned earlier. Metaphor have, I texted you this too. It's all about my text to you. Metaphor have a legit entrance that would translate to main roster. I like theirs. I'm not yeah. saying they're ready to go, but like that entrance I like, Yeah, is like cool. the light bars. Come yes. It's really cool. It's only beaten by the Bullet Club Gold entrance. Right. I think that one's but It's just because that entrance legitimately elevated the guns for me a bit. Yeah. So it, it's, that's really nice. But, but this yeah, one's no, ready to go whenever. One of my favorite entrances in WWE at least. Yep. Uh, decent action in this. We do get the Dar back elbow that we love. And he's just so good in general. Um. Tiffany Stratton heads down to the ring to attack Fallon Henley, and they end up brawling to the back. So Henley later apologizes for like abandoning the other two. Dar hits the Nova Roller to Jensen, but Jensen tags in Briggs, who hits a big boot and his clothesline from hell. I don't know if he's naming it yet, but it does look pretty good. So he gets the pin over Dar after 11 minutes of this. Oh, that's why he's facing Dar. I saw in the yeah because they taped NXT, so yeah. he's getting a shot at the cup. And there's a segment later where they talk about that. So I thought this was okay. Nothing special. I do like. Again, Lash being treated kind of like a powerhouse here, looking a lot better. It's all just furthering the action between Stratton and Henley and making Briggs, again, and look strong again as he sort of branches into singles territory. And it feels like they're going to give him some attention going forward. And in fact, we find out later on this show that they are. Dar takes the pinfall here because he needs to lose sometimes because he's a cowardly heel a bit right yeah that's fair and this is a good setting to do that i think i don't think it hurts him okay it's not match. like he's losing too much either right no so. no he's not and this was more about storylines than in-ring action so it was fine um all the breakout guys are then lined up on the ramp and get a brief introduction lexus king shows up and attacks trey Bearhill with a chair while security or referees do very little and the rest of these rough did they tough, at least tell him to stop well and the, these rough tough guys just stand there and watch it and they do nothing i guess to Lexus they wouldn't want to help if it's a tournament and he's taking out one of them i think this was supposed to be because um pete dunn did this right uh, yeah no i remember pete dunn and it worked in that setting i didn't think this was uh um, what but he didn't replace a guy though no. he was already in the tournament right and plus pete Spoiler. dunn's cool so I, I thought this was kind of dumb, and it's going to get even dumber when we find out the consequences for King and his actions here. Supposed consequences. Attacking a the, man. The, the, the sanctions. Right. So we get the NXT Breakout Tournament quarterfinals. First match in this breakout tournament. It's Oba Femi taking on Miles Bourne. So these Oba are... Oba Femi shows up later, right? <laughs> he did, No, not quite. <laughs> so Miles Bourne has been pretty visible in Gulak's little group from here to there and what was involved. What do they involved. call it? They got a name now. I forget what it is already. I don't know. Catchpoint? No. Not no, that that's not no that was a and femi we've seen wrestle before so at least they've both been visible Did to the he crowd ever do anything since that debut squash so. just other so. than being in this and them yeah. telling us 
So under four minutes, Bourne hit some stuff early on, and then Femi won with a power bomb. Again, it's two inexperienced people getting like four minutes, right? So what can you really say? It's not really interesting. All of these men need more seasoning unless there's a mellow in there, which I don't think there is. No. Um, and the inexperience makes them limited. There's no way around it, and it's not super interesting. And I'm guessing we're going to get lots of matches like this, really short, uneventful. Um, Femi looks great, and then the bell rings, right? Like, he's clearly very limited, but has a great look to him. Yeah, his finisher is pretty... It's like a just a pop-up powerbomb, but mm -hmm. not even... Not even. It's not even as nice as Kevin Owens, and he's or much Hangman. bigger than Kevin Owens mm -hmm. and Hangman. Uh, so then we get Lyra Valkyria and Nikita Lyons talking backstage because now they are friends because... Besties for yeah. life. Lyra awkwardly opens her locker like really wide, as, as open as she can, so that we can see a picture of Lyra and Becky Lynch. But it's actually Tatum Paxley's face is taped over Becky's since Tatum is now stalking Lyra. I actually thought it was kind of funny. Uh, I didn't hate it. And I, I mean, we'll see how it plays out for Paxley, but at least they're trying something with her. Then we get um, an NXT North American Championship match, right? It's Dragon Lee taking on Tyler Bate uh, in its Tyler, like the open, the open challenge here. Um, really good action in this one, as you would expect. Bate had a sequence where he kind of rolled Lee over, followed him, hit a half and half kip up and a standing moonsault. Lee goes for the double stomp to Bate in the Tree of Woe. And then there's a cool sequence where Lee goes for the power bomb. Bate counters it into a Tiger Driver, and then that gets countered into a Rana for a near fall. But at the end, we get good old Operation Dragon. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> after 11 minutes, Dragon Lee retains. Show of respect and a hug after the match. Easily, easily the best match on this show. As good as you would expect from these two in 11 minutes, right? So pretty entertaining TV match. Uh, and it just <laughs> it's just a stark contrast because... These two guys can really wrestle, and mm -hmm. then you're getting like sandwiched between the breakout break tournament, tournament yeah, matches. Yeah. So it's stark a contrast. Very sure. stark contrast. Back to Jensen and Briggs backstage. Briggs wants to keep his role going, decides he's going to go after the Heritage Cup. Because he's such a technical wrestler. And that's the thing. Jensen literally points out, like, dude, that's not your type of match. And to be fair, Briggs, like, yeah, but neither is the Iron Survivor, and you guys said I killed it in that. And then they're like, yeah, I guess. So Jensen has... I guess so. He sort of relents and then supports Briggs. But you can see there's like... Even though Briggs is... Or Jensen, sorry, is just being a good friend and being honest, like maybe it's not the best... You can see Briggs yeah. is going to start to build a file of things that yeah. Jensen said. Sort of, It feels like. Um, it's not a bad break. So I don't know who goes heel. I think a Briggs, probably. But I guess you could do the heel big man, but didn't... Jensen kind of do the heel thing with Keanu James. Yeah. So you could probably go either way. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, Lexus King is then shown he's laughing about his attack to Ava, his attack on the breakout guy. <laughs> They're saying he beat up Ava. And because it's constantly like Ava's in front of HBK's door. So it's like she, I think that was even in the case here. So it's basically like she's HBK's mouthpiece at this point. Which implies she can talk. Right. A Ava says that HBK is probably pretty pissed about the attack and says this is their quick explanation. All of the breakout competitors want Lexus King in the tournament now so that they can get their revenge. But so sorry. Yep. Go ahead. Talk it out. So first off, <laughs> the precedent is now set of this. Uh, that would make slight more sense to me. Like, let's say it's the kind of classic where everyone's going to wrestle him. Yeah. And they can all get their revenge. No, it's no. A single nation. Two, if they wanted their revenge so bad, what were they doing before? Standing around letting him do this. And yep. uh, three, why do they want revenge? Right. What's he didn't do this, anything to that. Where's this brotherhood with Trey Bearhill? Where, <laughs> right. where did I miss? Like, 
So King says mission accomplished, right? Because again, he's the heel manipulating. So he knew his that was gonna into... happen, and how did he know that was gonna happen? And Ava then announces that King is replacing Bear Hill. Uh so I don't understand. You at so you work for a company, you attack a person live on television with a steel chair, and you get promoted to his spot. Is the precedent? So now, by all accounts. It should be absolute chaos in that locker room going forward. And if that's where they're going with this, fine. That could be fun. But I have a feeling it's not going to be that consistent. Right? Like, just, you're on the way. Everybody on the way to the ring and now has to look out because they're going to get attacked and then that person gets their spot. Yeah, if you have something desirable, then you're going to get beat up. Right. Hey, I'm on board if they want to follow through with it. But there won't. So, yeah, kind of, just again, everything about Lexus King is a miss for me so far. Then we get good old Dijak taken on Eddie Thorpe. Nope. No, we don't. Not really. <laughs> the turnbuckle snaps in like a, less than a minute in, I think, um, releasing the top rope. So Dijak then uses the actual turnbuckle metal part to beat Thorpe. And Which get I would DQ'd. like to say I called exactly where this is you going. You did actually call it. Um, and so you can go ahead. I said to let you talk about your prediction. Yeah, because I'm saying... Because Thorpe's done it before, and the rope never breaks for angles. They're obviously doing another underground match. And seeing the tapings, I didn't tell you the result, obviously, but they they are doing an underground match again, which it was the obvious direction. Those pesky ropes, we got to get rid of them. Yeah, like... can't trust they're not reliable. Because this feud's so bitter that this match broke the ropes. Like, it doesn't make sense. But it is what it is. Um, It was pretty... Obviously, like, I didn't notice at first, but then I think I saw it again, and it was like... um People love the first one. I didn't. I thought it was It okay. was like when we saw Christian and Darby main eventing, and just it clicks at yeah. some point. And yeah. to me, I, just, I saw it again. I was just like, that's where it's going. And so Dijak continues the attack afterward, ends up dropping Thorpe on the second turnbuckle because the first one's not there anymore. I thought it looked kind of cool. Then we move into some silliness here. It's the Chase U update from this week. Ah. So Chase is with his student body asking to get the numbers on the bake sale. And I think it was $66 and the car wash as they're raising. Like he's got whatever it is, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. And they're getting like uh, hundreds. Yeah. The car wash raised two forty five, And then Duke Hudson says that's one quarter of one quarter of one quarter of one quarter of the interest, which was <laughs> kind of funny. Chase says he'll take care of it. And Duke says, will he? Because he looks like crap, basically. Thea says she has an idea. And goes with JC Jane to watch Riley Osborne's match at the Chase U section that, for some idea. reason. And then here's where things start to really annoy me. Scripps walks in with like a briefcase, I guess we're supposed to assume it's full of money or something, like a steel case. And he says he has a proposition for Chase. And then that's basically it. So like it's a cliffhanger I don't really care to hang on for. Like, no, that's not going to make a story better is if you bring Scripps and his boys in. None of this is working. The whole debt thing out of nowhere, not working. Um, Thea Hale love story, not really working. Uh, Scripps getting involved, definitely not working. <laughs> Other than like Duke Hudson kind of making me chuckle on a couple things. Um, there's a lot of things in this story, and I don't really care about any of them, which is too bad because I have a pretty staunch record of liking Chase U stuff as mid-card that is comedy. True. Right? That so, is true. We get our next breakout tournament match, and it's Keanu Carver versus Riley Osborne. He looks so much like Oba Femi, and that's not it's another me. big. It's powerhouse. not even me being like racist or like anything. Like, it just legitimately looks like Oba Femi with different hair, similar size. Like, they've got a really similar build, yeah. and like because they don't give these guys any like distinguishable qualities, yeah. um, like you, I wouldn't be. I can barely tell the difference. So. Well, I'll tell you. I thought he showed more than Oba Femi in this. It was under four minutes as well. Uh, I thought it was better than the previous match. Osborne is 
really quick and athletic, and he hit a nice-looking shooting star for the win. He had some nice athleticism. Yeah. And I thought Carver showed more than Femi uh, as just a big powerhouse with a slightly less raw, maybe, than Femi. But I guess we'll see going forward. Uh, backstage, someone from Gulak's group is going to face Dragon Lee next week, and I'm hoping it's Charlie Dempsey. I had a little thought here as Dempsey was standing in the background. He would be perfect to be plucked from NXT and put into, like, Tony Storm's kind of gimmick. He looks like he's such a, like, old, old-school guy That's somehow. Strange from, thought. like, the silent film era. I think he'd be at... It just hit me as I was watching this. Anyways. Um, Perhaps. So, Riley Osborne is walking backstage. You, I should have let you watch this segment. Thea Hale runs up to him and JC Jane sort of lingering in the background, right? He says uh, he appreciated her being out there to watch. And Thea says she appreciate, appreciates him, whatever. It's all She's super awkward, right? Because she has this massive crush on him. And um, he says he's going to go take a shower. And she says, oh, yeah, he needs it. But then tries to overcorrect and like, oh, no, you smell great. I don't, whatever. Anyways, he leaves. <laughs> and, and JC's like the, yeah, great try kind of facial expression and thumbs up. And then Kiana, James, and Izzy walk up and sort of mock Thea before walking away. And this is back to being... High school girls. It felt, yes, 2.0-ish to me again. Like, yes, Hale is young, right? But she's not 13, dude. Like, this was... She's like 20 or whatever, right? So this is not how people... I wouldn't do that, so... It's not how people behave, which is what I think I used to say all the time in the 2.0 era. Like, this is not how human beings behave or speak. Um, So it's not a good thing. I had flashbacks to this of to 2.0 was not cool. So Nikita Lyons, Lyra Valkyria taking on Blair Davenport, Cora Jade is happening. A a few highlights, nothing really major. Lyra hits a super, uh, sorry, a fisherman suplex, but Blair escapes to the outside. So Lyra follows up with a drop kick through the ropes. Lyra rolls Blair back into the ring, goes up top. She's distracted when she sees Tatum Paxley sitting on the guardrail, just guardrail, just staring at her. So Lyra misses the top rope splash. Lyon saves Lyra. We have a brawl with both teams. Ends with Blair hitting her knee strike to Lyra, of course. Nikita pulls Davenport out, but Jade is the legal person anyways and ends up pinning the champ after eight and a half minutes. Thought it was just okay and as the last match on a really weak in-ring show. Not a great show this week. The only thing worth watching was Bait Dragon Lee, to be honest. Lyra and Davenport, I thought, in their brief interactions in this looked pretty decent, but nothing else about this stood out at all. Standard WWE fair. It's the classic tag match before the singles matches, so it's what you'd expect here. Hank and Tank. Um, Hank asked Tank what he's been thinking about, and Hank says the same thing he has been all week, and that is Gallus. Gallus conveniently walk up and say that these two youngins should go back to the club and drown their sorrows. Hank says they have more heart in the two of them than all three of Gallus. Joe Coffey says he's not involved. He's going to leave it up to um, his brother and Wolfgang. Hank and Tank walk off, and Joe Gacy, because I think this was in like a warehouse or something, and there's a fork. Oh, I forgot about Gacy. There's a forklift there, so he gets off the forklift, and it takes a Joe to know a Joe, and makes like a lame joke about like a coffee's called a cup of Joe as he's carrying it. It was stupid. Okay, that sounds awesome. So his entire repackage right now is he shows up in weird places and says meaningless stuff. Awesome. Well, I think I guess that's better than him only showing up in the ring and saying meaningless stuff. I guess. And it's moving at a snail's pace. So I don't know what they're doing with him, but get it moving. Trick then comes out. Our main event takes place in the ring. He wants to talk about how Deadline was a movie. 
and he put the inner uh, sorry the Iron Survivor Challenge match up against anything else that NXT has done this year. Ilya comes down. He's uh, he's proud. He's proud of Trick. Admires his courage. But with respect to Trick's journey at New Year's Evil, it will come to an end. Trick retorts and tells Ilya that if he looked him in the eyes and said that a few months ago, he'd have played it cool, but wondered if he could actually beat Ilya. But it's not then, and it's he's not who he was. He's the man here in NXT, and in three weeks, he'll beat the best NXT has to offer and become the new NXT champion. Ilya says he likes Trick, but he suffered too much to become champion, way too much to stay champion, and he'll do whatever it takes to remain NXT champion. Melo comes out. And Dragunov's kind of like, I'll let you guys do what you need to do. I'll step aside. And Melo stops him from leaving. And long story short, he accuses Ilya of being the one who attacked Trick. Well, that was a little far-fetched. Ilya, maybe, yeah, maybe that's the point. And though. that's Ilya's reaction. Is like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, he says he has nothing to do with it. Melo says, Melo says, think about it. Who gains more than Ilya? He says he attacked Trick because he didn't want to deal with them both. Ilya says he knew Melo was arrogant, but delusional too. Uh, Mello says if he pitted them against each other and then attacked Trick, the whole world would point the fellow the finger at Mello. Mello says it was all Dragunov's plan all along since Halloween Havoc. Ilya says he didn't attack him. In fact, if he did even get attacked. Ooh, I'm talking about Mello here. Yeah, they could be I saw something saying it's basically end zone cast. Yeah, it's obviously Mello faked the attack. Like I yeah. think that's glaringly obvious. Mello says he needs to have his title taken away. And tries to grab it. So there's a bit of a tussle. And as I like he, that you get the graphic of Mello holding the bell again. Because that looks very good. And as he, uh, Dragunov releases the title, the momentum carries the title, obviously. And it's an inadvertent belt shot to Trick. Yeah, Trick gets smooshed in the face. As the crowd chants, Mello's guilty as we fade to black. So more of the same, right? Here's a reason it's not Mello. We're casting suspicion on Dragunov. But then there's a reason it is Mello. He just hit him with the title. Was but it partly intentional? That... Hanging with the bell has nothing to do with the attack earlier, but sure, I guess. But this is what they do. And I guess credit for finding new ways to do it every week, but you're still doing it every week. And I'm just ready for yeah. a major plot development instead mm -hmm. of like spinning our wheels in the same point. Um, So that was it for NXT. Pretty weak episode in ring, really weak. And then we get to Impact and I was about to text you like, hey, it's another filler episode of Impact. So I don't have to watch it because it's hidden gems, which is stuff that was just good. Basically like almost dark matches they taped yes. and then the, that they like save for later. So they're like, as they toured all over the world, here's some of the best stuff that didn't make it to TV. So I was happy AKA about stuff to save. not having to watch it. And then I saw the first match was Alan Angels and Kalisto, which is now Samurai Del Sol. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll check it out. And it was a really good match. But part of this was crazy because Diener, Kalisto was selling like a separated shoulder. Like he's doing the thing on the outside where He's trying to pop it back in place. But then it was like, absolutely, it never happened. And he's doing like knuckle drag Mexican arm or knuckle lock Mexican arm drags yeah. with the arm that he supposedly just popped back in and like forgets all about it being even injured. So anyways, other than that, it was pretty interesting match. Kalisto ended up winning with the super Salida del Sol after eight minutes. So then I'm like, okay, that's enough. And then, oh, wait, it's MK Ultra. I love them. So I'll watch that too. And they beat Giselle Shaw and Savannah Evans. Um, if MK Ultra got more exposure, they might be one of my favorite tag teams, period, of, of any group. Um, so Masha uses Kelly as a weapon and DVDs her into Shaw in the corner. And because Kel Killer Kelly loves pain and whatnot, she has like a little smile on her face, which is cool. Really dangerous looking finisher. It's like a double driver 
to Savannah Evans, who takes it really high and MK Ultra win. Mm -hmm. And just Kelly and Masha have really cool chemistry and a cool vibe. Like, again, I don't know. Are they in a relationship? Are they whatever? It seems like Masha maybe is the like dominant person in this, but the whole vibe is just different and interesting. And they're cool in the ring. Um, then I'm like, okay, for sure, I'll skip the next one because it's Diener and PCO in a street, street fight. fight. But I'm like, okay, I'll give it a chance. PCO is insane. He wants to die, I think. So he really quickly, he got thrown through the ropes, like second and third rope, onto four chairs set up. He had to flip to do that. Then they did the whole two chairs back to back in the ring. Yeah. He went off the top onto the two uh, chairs back to back, which was I don't crazy. Know why you'd be doing that. Then he was on the top rope and Diener, I don't know if this is audio, it won't help, but Diener just grabbed his wrist like this and flipped PCO from the very top through a table on the floor. Um, so PCO clearly just won't die. So the rest of the designs, so you have to remember, this is not current. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's Angels and Khan. Yeah. They come down to beat down PCO. And I think this is when OVE made their debut. So they return to even the numbers and PCO ends up hitting his moonsault for the win. Um, it's just a spectacle, really, with PCO being willing to do anything. And it was a few crazy spots. I actually like the makeup of OVE here. So what happened? Are they just... Well, I guess Callahan's kind of gone. So now. it's Callahan and one of the Chris, and then Fulton as the big man. Chris, and then yeah, Fulton. I like Fulton as like a monster for them. So I feel like they're a good fit, but I think they're already gone. Sixty-eight so. overall in two K eighteen. And then I think I saw a bit of Perazzo fighting somebody. I forget who it was. And then I kind of didn't watch the main event. Was uh, Alexander and Yui Mora? So I watched it, but didn't really take notes or pay close attention. So I don't have many thoughts. I'm sure it was good. I liked what I saw. Um. So then we got up this morning, right? And we just decided, because we were recording this on December 16th in the afternoon, we would just put on Final Battle in the background because you'd heard it was uh, kind of over-delivered. good matches, yeah. So I think we watched the first four or five, five matches. Um, man, I absolutely love the opener. Opener was great. Black Taurus, now known Taurus. as Black Taurus. Yeah, they kept mispronouncing that, which kind of irked me. But... Taken on Viking Vikingo for the AAA. AAA, yeah. This was like full Taurus on display. Taurus is incredible. And there has to be people in that crowd who have no idea who he is because this is him in a new company, basically. And he looked, I thought he he was the star of this for me. Yeah, he definitely Because Vikingo up. was sloppier than I've ever seen him. Yeah, not bad, but. Still, like, does awesome stuff. But Taurus, like, I don't know, man. Some he's of the so offense on so this clean. guy. and the he's, he's crazy. High-flying power, like just extra aggression and snap on everything. A crazy-looking mask where the mouth moves that adds so much to it. Yeah. Like, I can't even tell you the stuff he did here, but he Yeah, looked, no, he's, he's crazy. He well, didn't hit his finisher, but like... And that gorilla press slam Yeah, he did like an driver avalanche gorilla press slam. Is crazy. Um, So, yeah, I, I thought this match was awesome. One like of my favorite matches dive, this week. Like, yeah, yeah, like... Diving through the ropes, which for a man his size, you're already like that. Like impressive. Joe does that, and it's cool. But then he like twists on the way too, and just I think the crucifix bomb he hit was super tight. Like just go He's watch super it. Crisp. Yeah, Taurus is insane. His move set is incredible, and I this was full display. Welcome Taurus back there, or give him a showing on Dynamite. Like, yep. Honestly, it'd be super random, but I would I would not complain if he just randomly rocked up to Dynamite to challenge Cassidy for a yeah. match. Like I think on Impact, I was telling you, he needs a good manager, and he should be like pushed to the moon as just a silent, 
him and killer him with don Callis and them would be kind of crazy because like yeah it would kind of work because like he's crazy and he just needs to be like a monster he is so good um he's insane then we got a six-man tag it's tmdk comprised of bad dude tito uh shane hayes fujita and fujita who i don't think i've seen before i haven't seen it before no and it's taken on the gates of agony it was for the titles brian cage i assume oh no it was yeah yeah it was oh yeah gates of agony and cage mogul embassy right mogul embassies so i i mean this was two speed guys basically and four power guys and this was like non-stop high impact stuff really high pace not much time to breathe i thought really entertaining and it's one of those pretty good if you don't like when the ref loses control, this is not the match for you. No. Because there yeah, was no a control. Times, yeah. But um, if it leads to action like this, I'm fine with it, right? I like Haste and Tito. I find Haste, he's a little bit different, I find. He's... Yeah, I miss um, FKA Shane Thorne. But uh, yeah. he, him and uh, Mikey Nichols, or Nick Miller as he was, uh, they were solid in NXT. They yeah, they're never really, They never really got their due. No, they didn't. And then he retired. The other one retired for a while. No, he got like released or something, and then he was gone. But I for think a while. he retired. Reti- yeah, and then but he now came he's back. back. Yeah. Um. So I I hadn't seen Fujita before. I thought he looked good he here. He's pretty solid. And that that we didn't get a drill claw, but we did get Cage hit that pump handle driver that looks pretty pump scary. Pump handle like flip out into a set of facebuster. Yeah, it looks good. Um. So the champions end up retaining. I enjoyed this match. Yeah, it was fun. Uh. Then we get a I quit match between Tony Nese and Ethan Page. So they did a recap the whole story for us i wasn't really paying attention to that but fns wrestling loves ethan page if you know anything about us and tony nice has good matches it's just he never ever ever wins no and he's just never really pushed that strong with his gimmick it's it would be a good make our gimmick if they really tried with it he could i could see him being a tv champion at some point and he's really leaning into the whole fitness he's got the best body thing here premier athlete baby so mark sterling is cuffed to the ring post for this one right um So we get, there's a bit of a theme of fitness products being used. So protein powder as a weapon. There's a 45 pound plate that gets used a few times, stomped on someone's fingers at some point, uh, and a skipping rope. So to me, that was a little bit, it's in between being like a bloody match and almost comedy. Like you're kind of halfway in between, right? You're using themed weapons, but it wasn't super silly. So I was kind of okay with it. Yeah. Didn't no, I, it was it was okay for the most part. I think I thought it was a pretty good. It got twenty minutes, so quite a bit. Um, it might be a little overbooked. Some people say. What was the finish? He oh, he choked him with the. Because remember, Paige got handcuffed for a while, and then the referee unlocked the handcuffs, and he used the handcuffs to choke. Yeah, I think that's what right. It was. Is and what Scorp happened? Came back as well. The action was pretty good. Held my interest. A lot of moving parts, obviously, with Sterling coming involved in this and whatever. But yeah. Um. And it's hard to get totally invested in an I Quit match when I haven't been following the story the whole time because it should be the culmination of... Yeah, um, but it, it was pretty good for what it was, I think. And crowd even, was into it. I, yeah, I enjoyed it. The crowd it. was into it. Both of them are good. Um, Good to see Scorp back because I think he was in a little injured. Oh, again. right. Tell, talk about that. I didn't even mention yeah, it. Yeah, uh, he came back to deal with Sterling and help Paige right. win. And um, so I'm really hopeful that we get... Um, They're great together. Men of the Year rocking back on, on Dynamite. You have them yeah. turn heel. Because Men of the Year as a heel team were great until yeah. American Top Team ruined it. Right. Um, so honestly, oh I think... Oh, God. If, American Top yeah, Team. If Thank you just, God that was a blip on the radar. Yeah. If you just revert them back to how they work, they, give them their theme song back primarily because <laughs> I, I love their you theme do. song. Um, but have them because they 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 would be such a killer tag team. Like I would m- much prefer them to as heel champs and Starks and Bill right now. Yeah. 
Like, maybe you could have them beat them and then, like, turn heel because men of the year are really good together. So, I don't, I'm really happy they're back together. I just don't want them baby-facing because Ethan Page's baby-face is a waste of his talent. And as a lover of tag teams, putting them in a tag team isn't, like, a downgrade or anything. They're... Well, especially because the combo's proven, been proven to work before, too. And they're so. both kind of directionless a little bit, so... I think this is what they need. Yeah, so I just I'd want them... I just need them too. to turn heel and start going back to what they were doing before. Right. Then we get an odd thing on this card and it's nyla rose taking on vert vixen it's one of two matches that felt like just throwing throw-ins and i don't know why we needed it i think it was under three minutes vixen got like a little flurry in the middle nyla basically dominates top rope knee to the opponent opponent draped over the top and the beast bomb and she wins felt really unnecessary i guess we're heating up nyla rose as a contender i guess i guess um but again, Athena's a heel. Is Nyla not yeah, a heel? she's a heel for sure. Felt like it belonged on TV, I think we could safely say. Yeah. The final match we'll be talking about, the last thing we saw. I think we might go back and watch some more of the show. Um, but I wouldn't mind, yeah. So it's the survival of the fittest finals with Dalton Castle, Lee Moriarty, Kyle Fletcher, Lee Johnson, and then Commander. And they just added Brian Keith, right? Bounty Hunter. The Bounty Hunter, because he won a match on he, the preview. He beat Jack Cartwheel on the pre-show. Which I heard was pretty good. So I don't know this guy at all. Um, I've heard a bit about him. So he comes out in like a a nice poncho and in a cowboy hat. Kind of, yeah. I don't know if cowboy hat's the right term, but anyways, Some um, bounty hunter gimmick. I thought he uh, he looked really cool. I was interested in seeing him here. Fletcher came out with some body pain. I thought he also looked a little bit bigger. Yeah, uh, Fletcher he didn't use Getting the Aussie Open theme. Push. Yeah, he didn't use the Aussie Open theme either, which scares me. Right. Um. Again. Ref loses control. This you talk about. They so started out. I really didn't like this how this started because it started as like two guys in the ring with four waiting with to four tag on waiting to tag on Not each for corner. Long. So that was dumb. Um, I like that they got rid of it. Me too. Um, my only complaint is that early on it felt like the two guys go, two guys go, two yes, guys go. Yes, a little kind bit of, of that. It was a little too much of that for me. I thought Castle getting repeatedly thrown out was kind of funny because mm -hmm. he's amusing. Yeah. Um, I thought this like it it really gets better as it goes. I think. I agree. Um, so yeah hard to tell who's legal tagging is done with a couple minutes into this which i'm fine with yeah I, that's totally fine i thought brian keith looked good and aggressive and some of some of his stuff looked some like some of his kicks looked really hard like i was definitely yeah. reacting to that yeah he had some good shots johnny tv shows up to take out the boys and i really didn't Dalton like castle that, that didn't just, seem necessary to weird. me but i think it's because castle was the crowd favorite right so they were trying to find a way to take him out without I don't know to so to explain why he's not going to win. Moriarty picked up the win. first couple of he did. eliminations on uh, Big Shoddy and uh, he Castle, did. which so good for him. Yep, uh, I, that was coming up. Yeah, you're right. And then there was a unique Tower of Doom with Commander being at the bottom of four, which I thought, but I, they did it kind of differently. So everybody was instead of like two guys at the top taking something, it was one, 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 one stacked on yeah. top, right? Um, yeah, Moriarty looked strong getting two eliminations. Then you had. Um, Brian Keith pins Moriarty with the Tiger Driver. Fletcher then eliminates Keith with his jumping tombstone. That was nice. And then Commander. The final stretch with Fletcher oof. and Commander was. It's like we got a little awesome sprint awesome of a match. An awesome mini match. Um, Stapled on. And the crowd was hyped. Yeah, it was the really The last fun. few near falls for both of them, the crowd was into it. Yeah, so you got a, I only made a couple notes, a crazy Commander 450. He on walks the, the ropes onto the apron. That was insane. 
Fletcher's brain buster onto the top turnbuckle looked awesome. That was crazy. There was and, another one in the ring that was really nice. After he did like that yeah. corner integer, he always does. So he hits the brain buster on the turnbuckle, then another jumping tombstone, tombstone and Fletcher ends up winning this. Which I was super thrilled with. Looks because, great um, with a belt. It was like, um, yeah, he looks really good with the belt. But um, like this, I de- I didn't think he was winning. I thought whoever the mystery guy would be would, would win. And if then, I had so, to predict, I don't know who I would have even. I wouldn't have picked Fletcher. I'm being. I wouldn't have picked Fletcher. I wanted him to win. I was excited. I love him. But I um, might have said Castle just because he's like a ROH staple. And yeah, they, he can right? talk and they can use him exactly. But like, I'm really happy he pulled out the win here. It was unexpected. I saw the graph yesterday. I was, I was super happy. It was like um, when Ozzy opened when that four way tag. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect them to win then. Right. Didn't expect him to win now. But I'm um, super happy with that. He's the first one the Don Callis family to see some like rewards from that yep. right he's got some gold so that's really good for him and I'm really happy that him and he, Commander had a that was incredible last stretch so yeah I thought this match didn't start out the best but it really came into its own it did. Um, especially towards the end I agree um, really good for Fletcher though because he's had a really good year he started out like he, he wasn't really around and then he kind of Aussie open were showing up a little mm-hmm. more I think they had think was it this year that they had the double belt in japan i think right yes and then they had won the roh belt they had a bit of a run there they um they had the they had the match with at uh, all in obviously yeah. the fletcher had that match with cassidy when davis was injured for a bit then davis injured again he had matches with dance and omega and now he's got a tv title um so i'm really happy for fletcher Me we too. really like him so it was a good match um, I, especially yeah like you're saying the last it sort of built and built and then by the final two the they crowd were really helped it. It. the crowd was surprisingly into this and to this point awesome. on the show i made a note like really good variety right a singles match to start a six-man tag and I quit match, then like a six-man elimination match. So you're kind of getting all kinds of different. Mm-hmm. And as just like, I would call this out-of-context wrestling, right? We're just watching it as like, as it is. we're seeing the matches, and I don't really know or care about anything else. I'm having a good time watching this, mm-hmm. I think. So, so. Surprisingly, given the TV output for ROH isn't a banner thing? No. Um. So yeah, I was enjoying. We'll probably go back and maybe finish it when we get a chance. But sure. that's uh, all I'm we definitely saw like this not. Point. I was writing off the show first, um, but so I'm, I'm definitely not like. I would definitely consider it. You know what I mean? It's a fun light viewing, right? Because it's really just what's going on in the ring, and that's all. Yeah, it's that pretty matters. surface level. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to watch, just something different. But anyways, um, that's gonna wrap up. Or did you have any SmackDown? I totally uh, I forgot. Did not. Okay. And you said you have a little bit of figuring to discuss. Yeah. Okay, so let's do that final segment of the show where Jack will give us a quick update from Action Figure Land, and it's called Figuring It Out with Jack. <laughs> All right, it's a quick one, but for me, it's a figure I would actually almost yeah. want so to Yeah, so there's buy. a few from Unmatched Series 8. I don't think... I feel like there's one that they didn't show. I'm just going to... I'm looking on ringside to see what the lineup was. I feel like they didn't show the whole series. Let's see. They did... No, they, that is all of them, yeah. So, tell that's, us who it is. That's strange. There's only like five figures. That's weird. Um, So, there's ROH CM Punk. I guess it didn't make the cut in time. So That's funny. It's it's going to get out. So, yeah, there's Lumiere's You want it just to melt it? ROH CM Punk, maybe. It's good. Yeah, it's okay. It looks all right. It's yeah. Like blonde CM Punk. Then there's um the short-lived Penta Oscuro. Right. Uh, he's got like, I think he's got like a sculpted outfit on that looks really big. Or maybe he's got and a ring. crazy and... gloves. Yeah, I'll get it though because I like Penta. Yeah, like big be... silver, looks like yeah blacksmith gloves or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. It'll be weird 
I, I, I want to see how that is, but at least like the mask I could take off and use for yep. something else because it'll be like a dark penta at least. True. Uh, and then there's Brody King who looks crazy with looks those tattoos. Awesome. The head skin looks good, and then he's got an interchangeable head with like the skull. That's the, the skull one mask. I would. Yeah. I would buy that and keep it in the box. For I just love Brody King. I mean, maybe maybe we'll do that. And we'll put it on your side. And I don't think he has many figures out. No, he's got an ROH one, but it's made by a company that I don't. I don't no, love. this they, one looks cool. Great. Doesn't looks good. Malachi Black in the black suit. Um, it, it looks, looks cool too. Looks really cool. It looks like his debut. Um, yeah. From Road Rager last year. No, not last. Twenty twenty one. That was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like that. And then uh, Buddy Matthews looks awesome too with his coat, and he's got the mask head too. I'm really happy for. But so that basically, a like, House of Black release. House of Black plus Penta Oscuro and some guy from Ring of Honor. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Beautiful. Well, that's going to wrap up episode 178. We'll be back next Saturday for 179. We'll also in the next, I would say somewhere around the new year, you can expect the best of and we, worst it of. It is in the works. We're whether they're together or separate, I think we may we try usually do, do video. Um, yeah, we could video them. but yeah, we'll we def- did we'll, separate, separate We usually year. separate them, but we could, we'll, we'll think about the video. Yeah, we'll try and get that cooking for you. But uh, thanks for joining us for a bit, little bit of your week. Listen to us talk about wrestling down here in the basement. We hope you have a great week. We'll see you back here for 179. And until then, everybody, take care.